0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to a Monday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk, our first Jets game day edition of the year. On a Monday, we did have a game yesterday, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, back at it tonight against the Edmonton Oilers at Canada Life Centre. For the first of three preseason games and uh, the first time this season. Great to have you all with us. Shout out to everyone that uh, patiently waited us uh, to figure something out behind the scenes. Sorry about the delay, but we are good to go. Um, and it's going to be a fun show today. Jeff Hamilton's going to jump on with us in about 20 minutes or so. We'll uh, chop it up with Hammer, talk a little Jets, talk a little Bombers, looking ahead to this huge game on Friday night, sold out IG Field. Bombers taking on the first place Toronto Argonauts in a Grey Cup rematch. And maybe a little NFL to talk to uh, about as well. Listen, before everyone starts asking in the chat about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I'll address that and the unholy union between the Chiefs' kingdom and the Swifties at the end of the program after... We're finished talking about the big Winnipeg stories of the day, focusing on the jets and the bombers, Jeff Hamilton coming up. Uh, I got a chance to sit down or actually more like stand up with Gabriel Velarde, uh, out at fan fest on the weekend. Um, and we'll have that for you. Um, and then a little bit more in tonight's hockey game with handsome Tommy Gazzola jumping on from our pals over at Edmonton sports talk a little later on. And then we'll get to a little bit more of an NFL roundup on what was a crazy day. And, Check out what's going on tonight with a double header in the NFL in addition to the Jets game being on TSN. Great day to get to uh, maybe your local Boston pizza and be able to watch both hockey, both football games and a hockey game at the same time. Um, although I'm looking forward to getting back to the rink, seeing some familiar faces and seeing what the Winnipeg Jets look like on the ice tonight. Uh, we'll get into this more as we continue on, but we will see Connor Scheifele and Velarde together. Uh, it looks like Morgan Barron, uh, Rasmus Kapari, and Vlad Nemestikov will be uh, skating together on what does project to be the Jets' fourth line. Um, We've got David Gustafson along with Ford and Vl, uh, Lucius, Torgerson, and Reichel. And uh, we're going to get to see Elias Salmonson. Really, really looking forward to that. He'll be skating with Josh Morrissey, Sandberg, and Pionk together and Logan Stanley with Kyle Capobianco, the two goalies dressing for tonight, Loren Brassois and Dom Divincentis. Um, all right, we're going to get Remo in here, but big thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports and Boston Pizza, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Little Brown Jug and Vita Health. Canadian Club, Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, our friends at Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, and Little Brown Jug. And speaking of Little Brown Jug, it is official. We'll touch on this a little bit more, but uh, our uh, huge free agent signing for the Jets uh, because our favorite local beer, 1919, is now in Canada Life Center at the new Craft Beer Corners. And I believe tonight it'll be 473 milliliter, the cans that will be available Uh, But I do understand that the draft lines will be coming for the regular season as well. Uh, We'll also get to the why not question of the day. And I have a feeling it might be involving the New Jersey. that The Jets will be wearing three games this season that was introduced on Saturday at Winnipeg Jet Fan Fan Fest. Uh, Shout out to everybody with us in chat. Again, sorry about the late start. And a special thanks to everybody that popped by and said hi at FanFest on the weekend, uh, we did do a little impromptu show on Saturday, so if you missed that, feel free to go back and check the podcast or the YouTube channel for that. We had a great chat with Mike McIntyre, Kyle Ballherry as well, on uh, just some of the things happening at the games coming up this year. So it was a heck of a lot of fun and great to see so many WSDers pop by and say hi. It was a really great weekend, Remo, but we are back at it tonight with a real live hockey game to talk about on the home rink. What's going on?
1: Yeah, sorry for the delay. Um, You know, you think when you plug a camera in, it's just going to work. But, uh, I don't know. Sorry. I guess because I moved everything and we're back. But, yeah, great time at FanFest. That was so much fun. Us uh, setting up our first ever, we called it a brand activation. We were there in the booth shaking (laughs) hands. All these
0: marketing terms.
1: You know, I didn't mention Mm -hmm. this. A lot of people came up to me, didn't talk to me about any, like, hockey takes or anything. Actually, one person came up to me. They said they liked my rant about the Manning cast, which won't be on TSN 2 tonight. It'll be on TSN Plus. But another person asked me about my taco stains. We talked about that. Last week, people are asking me <laughs> about, oh, what was the other thing? Someone saw me carrying the camera. They're like, oh, did you uh, unlock it? And I was like, yeah, because I mentioned that. um I mentioned that, you know, when went to use the camera for the Shifley Scrum, and it was locked, and I didn't know how to unlock it. So people, not only enjoying the hockey content, but the other uh, lifestyle content that we get to. So shout showed it to everyone who uh, came up and said hi. It was a lot of fun, and I can't wait. I'm already thinking about things for next year's Fan Fest.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'm just looking at chat. I mean, I see uh, Mary Jane, and uh, Bridget and Phyllis was there as well. Uh, we got a chance to see Bailey. Uh, Eric popped by and saw us. It was... Uh, that oh, was a really really fun uh, fun day and uh you know the vibes were uh, vibes are high heading into the season as the would expect them to be um and we got a game tonight so uh, we'll be uh, sort of all over that one other thing just coming out of FanFest, and I may as well do this right now because I know people have already been chatting about it um it was the uh it was the unveiling of the uh of the 48 jersey the uh, you know the one based on the RCIF Flyers the gold medal champions in the 1948 Something that, if you recall, when the Jets originally launched their jerseys, in a lot of ways, the inspiration to give some sort of a meaning for that Jets name and that connection um, back to Winnipeg. Um, And, you know, certainly there, it was very well received. Like always, uh, the minute you get into those social media streets, uh, everything is very polarized. And some people thought it was the best jerseys ever made. Some people thought it was an absolute abomination and I'm sure most people are somewhere in between. So uh, right off the bat, why not question of the day for our friends at Not Autocorp and Waverly and Um, Get into the chat, send us a tweet, let us know what your thoughts are of these uh, jerseys that the Jets are going to be wearing three times this season. Uh, a very old-school look, Reem, um, you know, as part of the theme of the, uh, of the day and uh, these throwback jerseys, including the uh, – the brown gloves to give that feeling of uh, old time hockey.
1: Yeah, they're going with blue pants here, brown gloves, blue helmet. Uh, I'm a fan of this jersey. I mean, I I mean, even if you like don't like it, I mean, I could see you being like indifferent, and saying, "Yeah, I'm not gonna buy it," but it's fine. I, I like how it pays tribute. Uh, what do they call it? The 48 jersey, uh, with the gold medal team at the Olympics, uh, RCAF. Uh, I like that it's a tribute jersey. You know, it's old school. They got the brown gloves. Uh, I like the the numbers. And I was, you know, we were at the event. It was great. Um, You know, Mark Chipman spoke, and then they brought out uh, Morrissey and Shifley to model with some, uh, what, Air Force members as well. They had the band. I thought it was very well done. And I'm I'm a fan. They're wearing it for three games. And maybe if people, you know, who don't like it, I think maybe they were disappointed as they, you know, a lot of people kept coming into our chat being like, Are they going to announce Heritage jerseys or the full-time jerseys? And I don't know where that rumor started or why people were saying that because nothing like that had ever really been reported. So uh, They are
0: wearing, and I'm not sure whether this was out publicly, but I think it came out when we were talking to uh, to Kyle. I I believe the schedule is set. These jerseys are going to be worn three times. I can't remember the games with the exception of one and that is that Toronto Maple Leafs Saturday night game, January 27th, which is part of the WST pack. By the way, T. Konopoli, I saw your message. I'll uh, hit you back up and get you that info. Um, But yeah, if you are thinking about joining us for the four games, that is one of the games, certainly probably the biggest game on the calendar uh, and get over to, winnipegsportstalk.com to click the link if you're listening on the podcast and if you're with us right now there's a link in the description where you can get on over that we've got an amazing amazing response we had to open more seats across the uh, the uh, aisle in 317 um and uh, that will be one of the games so you know again it's three games um you know we're not talking about this is going to be like a new alternate that this team wears all the time uh but certainly something that um you know, got a lot of people talking on the weekend as we get ready for hockey season. But I think what really is important is what the team is doing on the ice, not necessarily the duds that they will be wearing. Um, although kind of neat to see something different being worn for uh, for these three games. The Heritage jerseys, however, are going to be seen more often. I believe the number is 11 yep. uh, of the home games will be the uh, Heritage jersey, which... I mean, for my money, as much as, I mean, I like this one. I certainly have nothing against the regular home jerseys. But like most, I think that the Winnipeg Jets Heritage jersey might be the best kit in the entire National Hockey League. So I'm fully in on more of that. Um, But it seems like it's going to be a pretty good mix. But 11 times this year for the Heritage. And again, three for the new kit that was just rolled out yesterday, including that Saturday night game against the Leafs.
1: Yeah, I think teams are doing this, S, where well. you have, um, like, this isn't their official third jersey. This is like a specialty jersey for only three games. Teams are having the home jersey, the away jersey, the third uh, third jersey, which is the heritage blues for the Jets, which look uh, amazing and are going to be worn 11 times, and this one three times. So, uh, I, I look, I like the story behind it. It's not just a jersey. It does uh, represent something. I think it looks good. I think the brown gloves are good. I'm looking forward to seeing if there's going to be any goalies participating with old style equipment, and and we're going to be at that game against Toronto uh, for what the WST four pack. Hockey night in Canada. Uh, I think this is. I th- I liked. I thought it was well done, hustler. There's some. Dis- I see some disappointment in the chat. Maybe you know complaints about what uh, the center striping. Maybe it could be above the logo or um what was the other one. Do you have a
0: picture, like grab that picture of the 48, um, of the actual Olympic champions in 48. Um, there, there you go. I mean, there's just going through them all. So, I mean, obviously it's using the jet logo, which was based off of that rondelle originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that was the style of the, uh, of it. I mean, it was much higher along those stripes. So that's where, uh, uh they did it. Um. I do love the hot takes. I mean, you know that I'm here for them on uh, on all the sides. And there's nothing that gets things going for a why not question today than, uh, than hockey fans dialing up their best fashion takes on the uniform. But, um, hey, it was fun. It was, it was a very, very nice response for everything at the weekend. And I think that was part of, uh, you know, just what was a real fun day. And I can tell you, talking to folks from the Jets afterwards, um the crowd at this year's fan fest was and i mean maybe this is just still more getting away from everybody freaking out during the pandemic and you know a few more people being ready to go out and to be a part of big crowds um but the uh, attendance was huge for this event and i think uh, i mean considerably more like maybe double more than they had had last year um so anyways i think it was a uh, it, it was a nice way to get things going for the year Um, and the next thing, you know, Rivas, the next day, this team was playing on the ice shootout win last night. How about that filthy winner from Cole Perfetti last night?
1: Yeah. First of all, what a great event, uh, event that it was, uh, at the fan fest. So, you know, put an exclamation mark on that one. And yeah, we had some jets hockey 5 PM. Great time, you know, right in between the end of the NFL game and the start of, uh, the Sunday night game. And, uh, I know it's been a weird thing.
0: Is that a a reference to the Chiefs Bears game, which was
1: literally over at halftime? (laughs) It wasn't over. We they kept showing. We had to watch to see if they were going to show Taylor Taylor Swift. That's why you kept watching uh, that one. Do
0: you realize how bad? Again, we'll talk more about this later on. But that game with her there, which was literally breaking the internet. Yes, they took it off the national game at halftime with her there. That's (laughs) how bad the Chicago Bears are. Like, well, to make that call, to take it off the America's Game of the Week, whatever, and throw it over to the Cowboys Cardinals, um, just goes to tell you what a mismatch that was and just how brutal the Chicago Bears were yesterday.
1: That was, uh, yeah. And we don't want to get too, we, we're we going to get rolling on Taylor Swift and we may not stop, so. So yeah, I've noticed a, an interesting Moratorium. theme here with these Jets games. It's the team playing poorly and the goalies standing on their heads. We saw that in the Youngst First of all, we've seen it for years with with Hellebuck, but we saw it in the Young Stars with, um, sorry, with <laughs> Divin Chantis and Milich playing so well. And then we saw it yesterday. You know, the team got off to a rough start, and I think they knew that was going to be the case. You know, it's preseason, your first game, flying in. And Colin Delia, and I think a lot of us kind of poo-pooed this Colin Delia signing when it happened. Like, why do they even need this guy? They got Hellebuck, and they I think they signed Brosois later. I don't remember the timeline exactly. But Delia stood on his head, kept them in the game, and won it in the shootout. Um, incredible. And uh, who? Uh, Toninato scored. Nice move on the breakaway there on on this, uh, on this the Edmonton goalie. And uh, Perfetti with the winner. Great. I know some people say maybe he, like, fanned or, or whiffed on him. But, hey, he came in, stick-handled. Uh, put a far side, lobbed it over. Great move by it. great move. I don't know. He had, a, he had a good reaction after maybe it was a bit accidental, but Hey, yeah,
0: the one where he was going down, down, going down the bench, high-fiving the guys and did a like, like, yeah, like he got away with one or not. Um, hey, it took me a, a, a long time to watch that, trying to find something that maybe wasn't meant to be. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Great move. Cole. It only counts. It, well, the only thing that matters is whether it went in. Um, but, man, he's got some hands on him. Yeah, and, hey, a lot of talk about Cole Perfetti.
1: First look at uh, second line, well, I guess it was what, the top line center yesterday, but second line center, uh, you know, when they start the season. Um, hey, he's he hasn't played. That's was his first game, he said, after since February. You almost forget that, because he was injured. So good for him to come back healthy. You know he's spent a lot of time in the gym, uh, switched trainers, bulked up. He's gonna be ready to go, and they need him to, you know, what play second line center. He's, they're gonna give him every opportunity. That's what Rick Bonus said after the game. So regardless of you know how the game was, they want him to be second line. You know he's got the hockey IQ, you see his passing, vision, everything. So power, you know, maybe he'll play power play, put some points. I don't know if he's like the end of your end of your fantasy draft house. I would take a flyer on Perfetti. He was he was on his way to being a he was up there with rookies hmm. for points last year before getting hurt. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for an encore.
0: Hey, when you're thinking about young players, just from, I mean, to use your example from a fantasy standpoint or picking hockey pools, um, you know, this is often when these players kind of take that next step. And a big part of it is getting the opportunity. And I mean, you want to talk about a glorious opportunity. He's going to be playing center in all likelihood with Nito Niederreiter and Nikolai Ehlers right out of the gate. Um, that's a great spot for you know a young player to be in I mean the biggest question about Cole of course is his uh, durability and ability to stay in the lineup and one would hope maybe that with a little bit of less time in the corners although definitely some increased defensive responsibility at the center position um this will allow him to stay healthy and to be in the lineup which uh, of course, uh, they all say you can't help the club from the tub, uh, and uh, unfortunately, he's missed quite a bit of uh, game time over the last couple of years. Um, but it's very clear, Remus, and you know from what we've seen at training camp last week, over the weekend, um, and you know heading into last night's preseason game, that um, you know this young man who was impressed so many during his limited time on the ice has the um, you know has a great opportunity to go forward. And you know, speaking of that. Let's hear um, from uh, from Bones and Perfetti. We've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of audio from last night. Reuben, why don't you just tee this up so uh, uh, I know it's the right clip? But um, you know, both Perfetti's uh, after the game as well sure. as what Bones had to say.
2: Sure, here's Rick Bonus uh, just after, immediately after last night's game. Uh, I thought the first period was good on both sides. They outplayed us in the second for sure. We spent a lot of time in our zone. We just couldn't get the puck out. Their forecheck was very effective. I thought they, uh, the the third period, they probably, outplayed us a little bit but not as much as they dominated us in the second period uh, but it was again those first games are going to be scrambling they are you just kind of accept that going in everyone's the reads the timing the execution is all going to be off so uh, you expected to see that uh, our goalie was our best player tonight and that's why we won the game
0: all right so there's a little bit of bones with his thoughts on uh, the first preseason game last night for his club and uh what do we hear from uh, the man who ended up netting the winner in the shootout, uh, Remo.
1: Yeah, here's Cole Perfetti on uh, his, what, first game since February.
2: Uh, again, that's his first game at oh. center for Forrest. Oh. oh, sorry, his bones on Perfetti's game. Then we'll get to Perfetti. And, uh, he handled it well. You can see his hockey IQ. You can see the vision that he has. And he's a great passer of the puck. So he's. we're going to play him a lot in preseason. We're going to give him every opportunity to feel comfortable in that spot.
0: Alright, so there's Bones on uh, on Perfetti. Uh, now I guess this one's Cole. Yeah, this one's Cole.
3: Really good pace. Obviously the uh you know, we had a lot of guys from from each team that, that are, you know, very good players, established players from last year and stuff like that. So, you know, they played a lot of their big guys and played a lot of our really good guys. So it was um great pace, great pace for the first game. It's nice to get that uh that first one going and get your legs going and um you know that's that's feels almost like a, a regular season game there so that's uh it's nice to have that that feeling in the first game obviously everyone's i think a little bit tired but um flying the day of and stuff like that but it's great uh great to get that that speed and 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 style of play going right away and how do you feel about your own performance yeah i thought it was i thought it picked up as it went along um you know I haven't played a game since february so um it's been a long layoff, but. Uh, and with the speed that, you know, the game was, it took a couple shifts, I think, to get my feet wet. But I thought as the game went on, I got a little bit better and better every shift and felt more comfortable, started making more plays. And um, also first game back at centre for, for in a while. So um, just getting comfortable really was the main thing. And, you know, I thought, uh, you know, our line started, you know, making more plays as the game went on. And, um, yeah, we were pretty happy, I think, uh, with how, how the game went. But uh, would have liked a little bit of a better start. But honestly, we were kind of expecting a little bit of a, a couple shifts to get into it and, You know, he went well.
0: All right. There's uh, Cole Perfetti last night. And Remo, I mean, obviously talked about center and talked about the game. I'll be honest, and this won't mean much to podcast listeners, but watching that clip, I was mesmerized by the way that he's wearing his hat backwards, high enough up on his head that it looks like his hair is still perfectly done while still wearing a hat.
1: Cole's always had that uh, backwards hat style, uh, where it's kind of like, kind of like, like sitting on top of his head. I don't even know how he wears it very high, very high up. So uh, that's, Hey, that's the style. He's a ball. He's a ball player. That's, that's how you <laughs> wear your, your hat when you're a ball player.
0: They use a little, uh, a little rutgerism. Um So yeah, another game tonight, as I mentioned off the top, it'll be uh, the other group playing this evening. So we'll see Shifley, Connor Velarde. We'll see Kapari. Uh, out on the ice for the first time as a Winnipeg Jet with Baron and Uh and really looking forward to seeing Elias Salmons get a chance to play with Josh Morrissey on that top pairing tonight, as well as P- Sandberg and Pionk, who have been together all camp. It'll be interesting to see if that continues through the rest of the preseason and into uh, the um, <clears throat> excuse me, and into the regular season. All right, we're going to uh, get going with uh, our guy, the Hammer, in Hammer Time coming up very shortly here on the program. Uh, but let me first give a big shout out to our friends at Modern Man Barbershops. Now, with eight convenient locations in the city of Winnipeg, including the newest ones on Pemina Highway, right by Bishop, and on the east side on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com and make sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Modern Man Barber Shops. Um, folks, you know the gang at Aquatech is the experts when it comes to pools, both above ground and in ground pools. And if you're thinking about working on a project for next year, you can certainly talk to them about that. But what you might not know is that they're a leader in home renovations as well. With thousands of renos as their foundation, Aqua Tech can upgrade any space in your home. So if you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Well, we got another absolutely glorious day today uh, here in Winnipeg, and we'll take it as long as we can get it. But we know that just on the other, around the corner, it's going to be getting cold and winter is going to be upon us. Do not wait to get your batteries for winter. Be proactive. And right now is a great time to get on down to Manitoba Battery. And heck, you don't even have to go down to Manitoba Battery. Get the best prices in town on batteries of all shapes and sizes, but especially car and truck batteries for the upcoming winter. And not only will you get the best price in town, Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's that easy. Check them out at manitobabattery.com. Give them a call or pop by and see Donnie and his great staff waiting for you at 1026 Logan Avenue. Uh, and just before we bring in Hammer, we're going to talk about this upcoming game, Friday night, Bombers-Argos. I hope they're stocking up the Canadian Club reserves at IG Field for Friday night because it's going to be another sold-out game and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Canadian Club is going to be pouring at the Rum Hut and throughout the stadium. And, of course, you'll see a lot of people enjoying those delicious Canadian Club and ginger ale pre-mixed cocktails all there for you at IG Field on Friday night. And in the meantime, you can get all the Canadian Club products at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And don't forget to look for CC and Ginger at your next trip to your local beer store as well. Uh, all right, let's get going with Hammer. Uh, Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press joins us, living the life of leisure right now, enjoying a little bit of downtime on holidays. Ah, how was your weekend? Us, the weekend was
4: great, uh, bittersweet. Um, today is my last day of holidays. Ooh. I've had the last two weeks off, so you know I tried to make the most of it this weekend. I I checked out Nuit Blanche. Anyone else check that out downtown? Nice to see people headed downtown, and that was pretty cool. Uh, yesterday, I spent the entire day on my couch watching football, well into the evening. And as I routinely do, fell asleep on my couch before moving to the bed. So here I
0: am, <laughs> Monday, regular head, back to status quo. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful Sunday operation. And it would have been yeah. better. I mean, I was out watching football. I had to go back and kind of go over the jet game. It would have been nice, especially with those dog games that we had in the 330s window to have a jet game on TV. But we've got it up tonight. Um, as I said, we'll spend some time later on talking about um, the NFL this week because they were there was plenty of stories coming out of that. Um, and we'll get to CFL in a minute because there's a huge game, but we've kind of been talking jets all through the start of it, going into this first, um, uh, first preseason game tonight, Hammer. And we're going to get a chance to see Gabriel Velarde, who we'll talk to a little later on, um, chop it up with uh, with Shifley and Connor. Um, listen, I know you've been on holidays. We were paying attention to what's uh, going on. Any thoughts? Attention. Any thoughts just on, you know, the first few days of training camp? I mean, To me, it's been interesting seeing, you know, players like Elias Salmonson get a chance to play with Josh Morrissey. Um, Obviously, Cole Perfetti in the middle and getting the first chance to play last night. Like, what are the what are the things that you're most interested in right now? Because let's face it, training camp can be long. We know a lot of the guys that are going to be on the team. What is uh, what is catching your attention when it comes to Jets training camp right now?
4: Well, if I'm going to talk about this, am I am I doing my hat right? What what am I supposed to do for the Perfetti? Am I supposed to? Is it like the? You got to
0: turn it around. You got to have your hair hair nice, and then it sort of just rests on your crown a little bit, so there's enough room to have like a night your, okay, your hair. Yeah, nice, so, so. I, don't,
4: I don't have the same. Shout out to
0: the 18 over par guys, by yeah, the way. No, nice I'm
4: lid, a friend of the podcast. Great guys. Um, the uh, yeah, so Cole Perfetti is kind of the, you know, Valardi is obviously a, another one. Obviously, you want to see what I follow, how he know mixes into into the mix if you will but Cole Perfetti to me is the x factor and it's not you know the x factor might not be the right title because I don't think the season necessarily you know is going to go up or down based on you know how well Cole Perfetti plays but I just see him as such the you know just the, the the piece that's been missing consistently over the last few years which is no secret the guy's been banged up has dealt with injuries over you know his entire NHL career and and now this season has that real opportunity to take the you know second second line center job I thought he played well yesterday I mean you know all, you know all things considered pretty pretty uh dirty dirty shootout goal as well we always knew he had the hand so I, I I'm really I'm really intrigued about that and how that's going to play out because right now, as we know, Velarde is on that top line with Connor, you know, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, but probably the next guy in line to take over that second line center job potentially. And I think um, it's really up to Cole Perfetti to lose it. So if Cole Perfetti can win that job at a camp, I think that's a, a real important one. Obviously, you know, even if you look at the last two weeks of, or the last few days, sorry, a camp, you know, finally getting answers from Mark Shifley and, and Connor Hellbuck, if you want to call them answers, I mean, those guys look dedicated to this season. You know, I, I'm certainly, you know, I'm not there every single day. Obviously I've been off the last two weeks, Um, but just the chemistry amongst the group. I mean, that's, you know, questions obviously for Kenny and Mike right now as they're, they're going to these events daily Um, just to see how, you know, just to see that the vibe is, I mean, the vibe's always positive in training camp. It's always, you know, especially last season, I thought it was particularly upbeat, just given Rick bonus and, 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 you know, some of the passion and, and uh, energy he brought to the team last season. But, um, you know, outside of Perfetti, it's really the blue line too. I mean, we we kind of, you know, this was two summers ago now that it was, you know, supposed to kind of ship guys out, right? Kind of ease up some of that, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen on the blue line. And then here we are again, and it's the same kind of situation. You still have a lot of, you know, you have the the top six essentially, played it in. What does that, what does that mean for guys like Declan Chisholm? What does that mean for guys like Billy Hanala What does that mean for guys like Logan Stanley? And, um, and certainly that's, that's top of mind because I just, as, as well as, you know, as, as great as it is to have your top six, I, I don't know if the jets were all that happy with their top six last year and, and maybe, maybe another year under bonus will fix that. But I think a lot of people were expecting changes there. Um, but at the same time, you know, there is some consistency. there. There's continuity there. Uh, but we'll see how that one pans out. And of course, you know not something you're looking for, but I'm I, I'm really curious not just in the Winnipeg Jets locker room, but locker rooms across the NHL injuries. Now that we're starting games, now that we're starting you know to ramp up that physical you know parts of camp, guys are going to go down, opportunities going to going to be there and, and, and it's not just I, I say outside of not just the, the Jets locker room because, I think there's going to take some injuries to other teams to maybe move a Mark Shifley if if that's, you know, that's the plan for the Winnipeg Jets, if they don't believe they can, you know, sign him long term. So I think, you know, those are kind of the things I'm looking at. And and then of course getting off to a hot start. I, I really don't look at the preseason to matter at all. I don't think a lot of veteran players, well, they'll certainly tell you. You know it's important to get up to speed, kind of get those game, get in game shape before the real games begin. I don't think you're going to see a lot. I don't think you take a lot. And I don't think you're going to see a lot uh, in these preseason games. But uh, certainly, certainly going to be next. You know, some exciting weeks here and and some battles at camp. But um, mm-hmm. with this team, I mean, we kind of know already what they're going to look like. It's just as far as roster, you know, makeup, but it's, at this point, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how bonus sees the chemistry amongst lines and, and really who can, who can grow with one another uh, for that first obviously important regular season game against the flames.
0: Yeah. The lines are interesting. And, and I think this year maybe more than others, um, you know, with three players coming over for Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, first and foremost, it obviously creates way more competition at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, and I think you'll have a much deeper and better fourth line, um, do you lose maybe a little bit of firepower in the top six potentially? Um, but I think one to twelve, you can make the argument that the team is deeper and certainly will give bonus the opportunity to run four lines a little bit more. Um, the one thing that stood out to me last night that I that I was sort of paying attention for and went back into the game to kind of watch shifts was to see how that Adam Lowry line looks with Alex Iafallo on it. And, and listen, for the record. I think Iafalo is definitely capable of playing higher up in the lineup if need be, and when injuries happen, maybe at some point they swap Niederreiter uh, and and, and Iafalo here for all of it. But man, he brings he brings all of the defensive acumen that you'd want on maybe some of the best players that Lowry has played with over the course of you know kind of running that third line. Mm. But I think also. Jeff adds a little bit more of an offensive pop that, you know, could really be a difference maker for a third line that, you know, historically, you know, as much recently, but at times have been absolutely dominant possession wise, excuse me, but might not have the offensive results that you would think that. And I mean, first look, first exhibition game, we can't put too much into it, but as this preseason goes along, um, Seeing that wing on both the second and the third line, I think is going to be really interesting. And hard to take too much from the second line right now until Nikolai Ehlers gets there. But I'll tell you what, I mean, we think about the Lowry, I mean, the um, you know, when Tanev was on his line and just how dominant they were during that period, I think Alex Iafalo brings something to that line that could take it, well hopefully from the Jets' perspective, takes it to another level when it comes to being even better defensively and spending a lot more time with the opportunity to score while they're on the ice.
4: Yeah, you know what? I, I think um, that's exactly where, you know, you're right. He could probably play up the lineup, but I think that's exactly where he is desired to play. I mean, he brings a 200-foot game. He brings that defensive component Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that if you look at the wingers that have been on that group, you know, you mentioned a couple, he's probably the best of all of them. And so, you know, coming into that, getting that chemistry with an Adam Lowry, uh, certainly the, you know, the important part of that. And the rest of the line, you know, he, he brings an offensive ability that I, you know, he might, you might lose some speed, you know, compared to some of the other players. I'm not saying he's slow, but you're definitely gaining some offensive you know some event- offensive prowess, and if and if, if a guy like Adam Lowry can, you know, play in like like he did in his last forty games and not his first thirty, I think that's a dangerous you know a dangerous line. I mean, we've seen that line certainly over the years be a you know a shutdown line, right? Play against the other team's top lines when at its best, of course, um, and shut them down, but not off- offer a lot of of scoring. Now that kind of changed down the down the the stretch there. Uh, with Adam Lowry kind of finding his touch around the net, but that also came at a time where other players weren't scoring. And I think this is the goal of this season. I mean, it's the goal of every season, but if you can get a line, you know, you know you're know, you going to get some production from Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele and Villardi, assuming that line sticks together. There's probably a good chance that if Cole Perfetti can, can take that job and just his playmaking ability, he's got a Nikolai Ehlers and a Nino Niederreiter on that line, a guy, you know, a, a guy, a Nino Rider that can get – get two players, you know, those other two players, the puck, you're going to get some offense there. And I think for far too often over the years, we've just, the the team has just relied on that top six for scoring. And it's just kind of not even really looked for scoring in their fourth line, let alone their third. And and I think that's what I have followed does. You know, I, I would give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt right now as he gets adjusted to, you know, his new line mates. So I wouldn't be looking at preseason and expecting him to be filling the back of the net. Obviously, if, If that line does, that's great. But I think that's got to be the goal for that line. I mean, how many times have we said this where, you know, Adam Lowry's a great player, obviously getting recognized as a great leader, wearing the C, but if this team's going to win a Stanley Cup, just the way that it's been going, you know, the last few years, Adam Lowry is probably best suited on your fourth line if you're going to have a checking line. But now with a guy that got a follow on that group, I think he does bring a scoring prowess where there is going to be expectations. We've heard Adam Lowry say in the past, you know, it's nice to score, you know, especially when you're not relied on to do so with with that new line, I think they're going to be relied on, you know, not just to play a 200-foot game but also to chip in offensively. They're not going to be relied on obviously as much as the, as the top 2 lines, but they're going to still be relied on and need to pull their weight and with a guy like Alex I follow you know, on that wing, I think that's what it brings for you. I think it brings a toughness. I think you get better defensively, but at the same time, you get better offensively, and that's really what's been missing is on the nights where the top six can't get it done or, you know, they're battling it out with the other team's top six. Put a line out like that, you hope that it can be, you know, match if not be better than their third line, and with that offensive prowess, chip in some goals here and there to really help out a team that's going to probably rely a lot on those scoring for the top two
0: yeah well i I mean listen i think there's the possibility that we see more evenly distributed ice time um certainly i mean listen your top line power plays and whatnot those guys will be getting a little bit more but i don't think oh listen i think the potential is there for it to be more even than it has been in the past because the jets have really sort of been top heavy um for a number of years and i think it is something that rick bonus would like to do and run those run those lines before and you know for all of the time we had to talk about these new guys coming in in the off season, you know, I had speculated if Shifley and Connor were going to be playing together, I have Fallow might be a guy somewhat off the record that might off the radar at least thinking about a top line player that might fit well with those guys. He does play the left side. Someone would have to be on the wrong uh, on the wrong side. So I'm not sure how that worked. But with the with the concept of it, you know, Shifley and Connor are going to be able to score. But can you bring somebody onto that line that significantly helps them in their own end, hopefully to be there less, um, but me, be, be more effective there? That obviously is not the case right now, but it's Gabriel Velarde that comes in with, uh, you know, w- with a lot of opportunity. And, uh, you know, we'll play this interview that I, I sat down with him uh, on Saturday at the Fan Fest after practice um, to play it. He's really looking forward to this opportunity. He said he's probably never played with two more offensively talented players than both Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor. Um, But I mean as far as tonight goes, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that line looks, how he fits with them and, and what as much as he comes in as a guy that scored 23 last year, what he can do to maybe make that line a little bit more effectively in both ends right now and obviously to see what he can do with the number of offensive scoring chances that are going to be coming his way because of the amount of attention that those other guys get in the offensive zone.
4: I wonder if if um, if you were to get the full truth from Gabe Velarde, how he would feel about coming to the Jets. Take away the beaches in L.A. and the winters in Winnipeg aside, completely, uh, you know, completely strip that from even the even the equation. This guy had a, had a you know not a big year last year, but a big year in relation to his career. Right, he was trending up. He was finding that chemistry, that confidence. And I wonder how, you know, and you do that within your own team structure, right? You do that within your own club. You know those players. You've been there for a little bit. You know, that's kind of the evolution, you know, the one he has. Now, going to a completely different team, I see this as not a cookie from Rick Bonus per se, but an opportunity to continue that confidence. And I think that's the point that the Winnipeg Jets are trying to make by putting him on that top line, not just because he's got the offensive skills, not just because he's, you know, can brings a 6-4 frame and play, you know, can play center. So he's going to be helping out, you know, to your point about I follow, he's going to be helping out Mark Shifley if he's the first person back into the, you know, the, the, the defensive zone. I think that's by design, but I also think it's to continue his momentum and what better to do so than put him with that line. I mean, Paul Maurice used that line to boost up, you know, everybody else, right? If it was your turn to play with Connor and Shifley you know, you, you know, you played well, you put up numbers, right? We were talking about, I mean, think of all the guys that have come up and down that lineup who've just been like, maybe this guy can play top top six, right? I mean, so I, I think this is a real exciting opportunity for him. I think it's a chance for him to continue his confidence, to get that scoring touch, to get those good vibes in a new team and to continue that on. Because as much as we see this lineup, you know, we've seen these lineups at camp, this could very much change, right? Velarde will be going for that potentially second line center role and, you want to have, you know, you can't put a non-confident guy in that role, or you don't want to start him as a centerman and give him all this responsibility with new line mates. And I think because of Cole Perfetti has been in the door, and ideally they would want a guy like Cole Perfetti to evolve into a centerman. The more centerman, the better. But I think for that very reason, why I think Vellardi is on that top line, um, is the same reason why Cole Perfetti is centering the second line. He's been here for a while. He knows what's going on. He knows the players. He knows their ticks. He, he can kind of hit the ground running. I see Velarde's appointment to the top line, while not surprising, is just a continuation of the momentum, the positive momentum that he's had over the last you know season and a half. And you want to continue that. You want him to feel pretty good. You want him to be happy in Winnipeg. And what better not than to put those two guys with him? So a lot can change here for sure. But just having him you know, on that wing... Being able to see and, and see how guys like Mark Shifley and, and Kyle Connor operate because if he does become a centerman, you know he they're going to want experience with him and Kyle Connor as well. We don't know how much longer Mark Shifley is going to be with this organization. The plan seems to be the rest of the season for sure. But if he's gone in a couple of weeks, the least thing you want to have is, you know, maybe some chemistry with a Kyle Connor. So lots of reasons to have him on there. Certainly one of the lines to watch, if not the line to watch, you want to see those guys hit the ground running. Like, as I mentioned in the last answer, like, you know, if, if the top six is being relied on to score, certainly that top three, uh, you know, that top line is, is, is certainly in the spotlight. So um, good spot for him to, you know, for him to be in. I'm sure he would want to stick there if he could, but, you know, with more confidence playing with those guys, I could see him, you know, maybe taking that confidence and having a, maybe a bigger role. I know it sounds kind of weird because he's going to be dropping down a line, but a bigger role as a centerman on a second line, having played with those two great players for for a good chunk, at least the star camp.
0: No, that's a great point. Jeff Hamilton's with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, uh, we will get, by the way, that conversation with Gabe Villardi we'll have for you in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so. So uh, stick around for that. Do you want to pivot for a moment from the local hockey squad, to the football team. Quiet week for the Bombers. They were on the bye, but it is now Argos week. We've been looking forward to this game all season long. Well, I'm sure a lot of guys in that room looking forward to it ever since they came on to the wrong end of the Grey Cup last November. Um, I have not seen this yet posted. I'm not sure if you have, but if you haven't seen a betting line for this game, what do you think the line will or should be for this game with the Bombers at home taking on the Argos who have only one blemish on the dance card so far this year?
4: Well, it depends. I think if all things were equal and... Because look, I mean, they put Andrew Harris on the six-game injured list. So for all those people hoping that Andrew Harris would be ready ready to go um, this week, looks like that's not going to be the case. They're resting him. Uh, they arrested A.J. Ouellette last week against the tie cats still handled business. So they're not going to used- arrest him this week, would they? Well, you assume not, but if it's AJ yeah. roulette this week, who's or last week, who is it this week? You know what I mean? Is it Chad Kelly this week? Is it, is it, a, you know, I'm, I don't think Toronto is looking at, I guess my point is yeah. here is while there's certainly pride on the line. I don't think Toronto is looking at this game nearly, the way the Winnipeg blue bombers are looking at this game. And so, you know, with, with the, with you, when you factor in, how dominant Winnipeg has been at home over the last couple of years. You factor in, you know, the Toronto and what their lineup may or may not look like, how they might, you know, execute their their roster. I'm thinking the Bombers are probably favorites to be sure, but we're probably looking at a, I don't know, three and a half point favorite at this point. Maybe, maybe a bit more, but I don't know. It depends on exactly, you know... It just depends on how Toronto decides to to approach this game, and and when it comes to personnel. Let's let's,
0: let's assume. Let's assume that. I mean, listen. All due respect to Andrew, who you know has done so much here. At this point, he's not a focal part of this offense. So, if they're coming with everybody dressed, saying, "Hey, to us, this is the most significant game and preparation we're going to be having for the playoffs. We're coming here, and we're coming here to win," I would think that the line's less than three. I mean, I would think that on an even like if these teams were playing on an even playing field, I think the Argos would deserve to be one or two point favorites based on what they've done so far this year. So if that's the case, I'm kind of thinking like it might be Bombers a slight favorite. And to your point, which is well taken, you know, if all of a sudden some key players are out, it doesn't look like the Argos are really um, care as much. Um, you know, that would affect it as well. Bottom line, though. I, I'm hoping that the Argos bring their best because <clears throat> we've talked about this. We've waited for it for a long time. The game's already sold out. I mean, this could very well be one of the games of the regular season, certainly when you look at the matchup, and it gives us a lot to talk about heading into Friday night.
4: This is the game of the regular season. There's no doubt about it. It's the two of the three teams that are good in the CFL this year. I mean, it's, and it's the two better teams. I mean, BC is obviously a talented club and they're, they're nipping at the Bombers heels, but um, I still don't quite put them in tier one. I mean, I I have Bombers and and Argos there and maybe, you know, Argos have just been dominant. I, I wouldn't have been, I don't know if I'd be quick to dismiss the you know if all things were equal and Andrew Harris wasn't put on the sixth game that he wouldn't have had an impact in that game. I'm not suggesting that you said he wouldn't. Of course he's not the focal point of the offense, um, but he's still a great change of pace back. And you have to think the emotion of him coming back into Winnipeg oh, yeah. <laughs> would have you know probably had a couple guys cling to his back. He probably would have had the best game of his of his of his season. So I mean to me I think it's significant that Andrew Harris is is out, regardless of his role. I just think that game would have been, you know, guys would have wanted to play for him, right? There's the other factor, right? Just having him in the lineup, I don't think that's as, you know, that's as important anymore when the guy isn't playing in the game. So they don't get that emotional lift, perhaps. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I still think, I mean, I went back and forth about how, okay, you got to respect the Argos because, you know, as far as power rankings goes, because until you knock off the champs, You know, they're, they stay there. Obviously, the Bombers haven't had their chance at them, but just what I've seen from Winnipeg this year, I mean, I, I think Toronto's a better outfit right now. You know, I think they're a a better team. They're, you know, and they've shown that this season. I mean, the Bombers have lost to some pretty bad teams this year against some, you know, deeper quarterbacks. I, I I know I've been, I'm kind of talking out of two, both sides of my mouth now because I've certainly been, um, you know, I've certainly spoken positively about the new the new QBs coming in, in this year but nonetheless there still are inexperienced quarterbacks against a very experienced bombers team so I think the difference here is you have you have a club that you know coming off the bye week you know the coaches didn't take the week off you know they've been planning for this one for a very long time um, I just can't see with all you know all things factored in from the preparation to, you know, taking this game personally. I think this is going to be a really emotional game for Winnipeg. I think this is, you know, I think they're going to want to prove to the rest of the league that they're the top dogs in in the CFL and couple that with the fact that they haven't wrapped up the, haven't wrapped up the West and probably won't until far from it, maybe next, maybe next week or when whenever they play the lions, if they can get that victory, but still plenty to play for, for Winnipeg you know, emotional game against a, a team they lost to in the Grey Cup, extra week to prepare for this club, rested players. We'll see who can come back this week. I'm not sure if they're getting a Janarian Grant. Man, do they need Janarian Grant. Seems doubtful that he'll be back this week, but um, just, and when you factor in Toronto and maybe, I don't want, I don't think Toronto will be a team that will take their foot off the gas, but I do think, some business has been taken care of, and when you have two really good teams playing each other that seem to play against you know the level of their competition, I think Winnipeg would be a you know a rightful favorite in this. And <laughs> if it was a three and a half point favorite, not to get too into betting, but I'd probably take the Bombers at three and a half.
0: Well, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing why, kind of what we get out of Toronto this week and uh, just how the Argos are focusing out on this game and you know how how much they are just talking about, hey, we we got one game, we got to win, and that's the East final to make it to the playoffs. Oh, here's DT with a little update. Janarian Grant is on the sidelines, not in practice, as he remains on the injured list, but good to see his face nonetheless. Well, I I guess it's good that he's out there, but I'd feel a lot better if he was being taken off the six-game injured list and yeah. being put on the roster and uh, and practicing. Um, and as far as Bombers in BC go... um. I mean, both of these teams are 10 and 4. Like, I, I guess if BC were to lose this week, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, I'm not even sure where they're playing or if they're on the bye, and Winnipeg were to win, and then Winnipeg were to win the game in BC, so the Bombers got to 12 and 4 and BC would be 10 and 6, they would, I guess at that point, they would clinch because those final two games, they would have the tiebreaker with that win. Um, But these next two games, I mean, this is the season for the Bombers. And the one thing that we've said all year long is that for the Bombers in particular, home field in that West final, so, so impactful. I mean, you add in the crowd, you add in like BC came in here and did a number on them earlier in this season, Hell, a lot easier to do that in early July than in mid November for a team that plays in a dome. So um, to me that's by the way speaking of the west um what an ugly ugly weekend oh man for teams in the west and listen edmonton hung in there whatever they had a valiant effort against bc but man calgary and saskatchewan the riders especially that was embarrassing Jeff. He, uh, every time i think that team's taking a step forward uh, they expose themselves as a team that is uh, i think frankly overrated by their record and they're only 6 and 8
4: yeah, which is like the riders, man. I mean, Craig Dickinson is doing everything in his power not to be here next season, it feels like. <laughs> I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that we were writing, okay, maybe the maybe the Rough Riders are 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 making, you know, turning the corner, if you will, that they're we were all of a sudden after victories against BC and Winnipeg, we're talking about their potential to maybe even buy for the West. And and now it's just like they just can't get out of their own way, whether it's a lack of discipline. And that's the biggest thing here. I mean, you look at, you know, a guy like Derek Moncrief. He's just the latest example of a guy who could give, couldn't give could give two shits about the rest of his team and just decides to do whatever he wants. I've never I, – I, you don't see that. And it's not just the bomber way. You know what I mean? You don't really see that, or at least not as frequent – as you do in Saskatchewan, where a guy just decides to go rogue. And it's like he doesn't even care. There's hardly any teammates to reel him in. And Dickinson's looking like a kindergarten teacher on the sideline with no kids listening to him. Like, he just doesn't have any of that say. Like, his presence does not affect any of his players. And I'm not saying that, you know, you rule by fear. It's out of respect. And so, like, you know, he's arguing with them. You can hear it on a live mic. He's like, I don't care. It's just like, yeah, nobody on that sideline seems to care about what's happening here. And so, you know, you factor in the lack of discipline with the team. You factor in coaching decisions. Like Frankie Hickson was a human wrecking ball in the first quarter. I think he had something like 40 or 50 rushing yards. Well, they barely ran him after that. And Jake Dolagala, like, kind of got exposed for sure. But who's throwing out to the, the wide side for an interception like that, at that point in the game, it's just like, do you want to win? It's it's absolutely incredible, and it's becoming harder and harder, not that it was ever easy this season, to justify keeping him or a guy like Jeremy O'Day. And, I mean, the rumors coming out of Saskatchewan is that maybe Craig Reynolds isn't going to be around and not for employment for some other, maybe potential opportunity. I don't know how serious that buzz is, but like, it just seems like what should be the class of the CFL is just a, you know, disastrous, even though they're an improved six and eight this year and probably (laughs) just maybe going to squeak into the playoffs, but that's, that's more of an indictment to the rest of the league. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just that that should be, that's a group that certainly needs some leadership. Craig Dickinson's a great human being, super nice guy, but someone needs to get in there and and really, you know, get that team focused here because there's a reason why you're six and eight. It's because you don't play a consistent game week to week. You find flashes and then the opportunities you take to shoot yourself in the foot, you do it and then you get a bus run over you because it just seems to be one one thing after another over in Ryderville.
0: You know, and then there's Calgary, who I mean, it's kind of funny. You look at, you know, their record at four and ten, which God, I mean, off the top of my head, that's got to be as bad as the Stamps have been in a couple decades. I mean, they have literally been that consistently competitive um, that it seems like it's been forever since they were like going to miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Seventeen years, I think it is. Seventeen years. That sounds that that story checks out. Um, But then you look. I mean, they're four and ten, and they've got a minus sixty one point differential. Then there's Saskatchewan that's six and eight with a minus one twenty two. So, I mean, easily, and I mean, obviously there was that overtime game between the two that if it goes the other way. I mean, they're basically sit there and tied. That being said, I expected the Calgary Stampeders at home against Montreal and the situation that they were in to be a team that looked like it was progressing. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, if anything, they're already looking ahead to the offseason and next year.
4: So looking into the 2023 season before week one, you know, I, I wrote in my, my my CFL rundown column, just kind of giving a, my opinion about all nine teams, and and I write ev- I write it every year. It's you know it's count the Calgary Stampeders out at your own peril, because of guys like John Huffnagel, obviously in the front office, and Dave Dickinson at the helm. Those guys just find players, they coach players. Didn't seem to matter how young they are how old they are, whether they were able to retain stars from the previous year, they just find a way to get the job done and they find new players. But I had a small caveat this year, and I was talking to some people across the league as I was doing this, and a couple different people showed some pretty major concern about Dave Dickinson becoming the general manager. Um, and And it was not because they didn't think necessarily that Dave Dickinson wasn't a good talent evaluator. It was that John Huffnagel isn't as much in the scene um, as he has been in previous years. I mean, of course, that's why he relinquished the title was to scale back his role within the club or maybe his presence on the day-to-day. I don't know exactly. But the the warnings I got was that I'm not sure a, a, a Dave Dickinson-led team as GM and head coach is going to bode well for this club. Well, fast forward to today and that you know those people were right. And in essence, so was my suggestion. Um, I just see a team that when you look at that point differential, Hus, and you look at the season, they don't win close games. They're usually on the, you know, losing end of two, three, four, five-point games. They've lost, I think, twice in overtime. You know, for Bomber fans, they'll certainly remember that the, you know, Winnipeg squeaked out a 19-18 victory at McMahon off a of, off of pick six from Demario Houston that turned the game on its head. Bombers had no business winning that game. So they've been in a lot of tight games that just haven't won. Um, And, you know, when I was in Calgary, and the reason why I think 17 is correct, at least that's what's going through the brain matter right now, is I kind of asked, well, I didn't. I asked Dave Dickinson. I said, well, I don't think you've, I'm like, is it true you've never not made it to the playoffs, both as a player in Calgary and as a coach? And I think he was right, got me halfway through the sentence and said 17 years in a row. Is that what you're suggesting that, you know, we, we're, we're going to get this cut off this year. I said, well, that's up to you, not me. Um, <laughs> but but when you look at the, re- when you really look at what's happening you talk to some of the players and, I, and that same trip, I had an opportunity to talk to veterans like Derek Wigan and Reggie Bagleton. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't pouring the blame on others per se, but it's very clear that youth isn't always a good thing, right? I mean, everyone talks about, how old the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are, and I, I certainly think some of those statements are valid, and, and perhaps we are seeing some of that cracks with age. But I think we're seeing slow cracks because of that experience. Whereas in Calgary, them being as young as they are, and let's 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 remember last year's narrative, and what were they? Twelve and six last year, eleven and seven. I think they were twelve and six. They were the youngest team in the league, and next in the in this next season, being this season, was going to be their coming out party. While I don't. That certainly hasn't happened, and and there now, I don't think they have a chance to really be in the playoffs, let alone you know in and around the conversation. And I think it really does come down to youth. Uh, And again, I'm not trying to blame it all on young guys and whatnot, but that's there's when there's far fewer guys in that locker room that understand the Stampeder way. And anyone who's who's listened to or followed this league or listened to press conferences of the Bo Levi Mitchell era, I mean, the Stampeder way is has been going on for decades. And when you have less people that understand the Stampeder way, the dedication, the, you know, the pride, the, you know, everything that comes with that, how you handle yourself day in and day out, how, you know, how you handle your bodies, how you have, like, it's all encompassing, right? And we see that in Winnipeg with the, the FIFO, the fit in or F off slogan, same thing. It's, 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 it's a standard that is set in the locker room. And I just don't think that that's being held in Calgary uh, and you're seeing it in, in, you know, some of the ways they're losing games that they're not on the on the winning side of close ones. You look at Dave Dickinson and what he has said this year. I thought some of his post game comments have been interesting. I mean, he's called guys out for not taking care of their bodies. I mean, have you ever heard a football coach call guys out for not taking care <laughs> of their bodies? Like, that's not a angry Tough thing look. you just say after the game. That's calling a guy's work ethic out. And so it just seems like it's been anything but the Stampede way this year. Um, and I don't know if Dave Dickinson has many answers for it because I'm not sure that you could just run it back with this same group, including a quarterback in Jake Mayer, which at this point, I'm still not willing to you know, rule out. I don't think you're going out and necessarily getting a different quarterback unless you can lure somebody who you think is much better than him. I don't know if I would take a, a flyer on one of these new guys because Jake Mayer might just have a down season. Um, but I certainly think that they need to figure things out quick Uh, And at this point, it just feels far too late. And it looks like, and you know, echo Dave Dickinson, we're not thinking about the playoffs. We're just thinking about winning a game.
0: Jeff Hamilton with us here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Monday night football doubleheader tonight. Uh, a couple of interesting games. Do you have any lean on? Can the Bucks stay in with the Philadelphia Eagles tonight? They're five-point dogs. And I guess we're still waiting to find out what the status of Jeff and Joe Burrow is. Uh, but, hey, before we get to that, actually, I meant to ask you one other Bomber CFL question. Sure. And these are from T. Kwanapali and a couple other people. Uh-oh. When's the trade deadline? And do you think – I mean, we just saw that report of Janarian Grant who's still hanging out on the sidelines during practice. Um, Do you think – well, I guess the question is: Do you think there's a possibility the bombers look to try to acquire return game help if it's not imminent that Janarian's back, or even if he does come back because he's been out for so long? You're not sure as to how things will work when he actually does come, because man, they miss him big time.
4: Yeah. So, I, I, as as uh, I'm sure viewers are see me not really looking towards the camera and and doing things on the side. I'm trying to find out when exactly the the trade deadline is for today for this season. Um, it's sometime next month. Um, and the reason why it's, it's, you know, I don't have it at the ready is because usually it's not very exciting. (laughs) It's not like, it's not like other leagues where you're, you're coming down to the wire, you know, even the trade for Zach Calaris was lucky. You know what I mean? It's not like teams are like, Oh, you know, trying to squeeze people out for quarterbacks. It is next month.
0: Um, you know, the Zach Calaris, we were alive on the air and it came out an hour after the deadline. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. Like, right. oh, I'm not sure whether he's even going to keep on playing football. I mean, like, and, and it's laughable now when you look at what that trade and that moment's made, made for Winnipeg. But at the time, um, it certainly didn't seem like this was the savior that was showing up that was going to take the Bombers all the way, and that's exactly what happened. I think before it was sort of like mid October, but again, the 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 season yeah. So I think moved it's. Moved I'm
4: looking up here. I think it's like first week of October, like somewhere between the fifth and the ninth makes sense um which makes sense just given the extra week pulled up for the gray cup so yeah let's just say october 5th um which i think it is but i you know i don't think so because a couple different things one nobody's trading you a good returner no one's no one's helping the bombers out at the deadline you're not you're not taking a guy who has much of a resume uh in return game and giving it to the team that's made it to the gray cup the last three three years so there's that Mike O'Shea how do I put this Mike O'Shea is fairly averse to making trades and I believe that even the Zach Calaris trade was not a trade that Mike O'Shea was stamping off on and so I do not see a guy who is good is all of a sudden looking in house at options, and they have looked right. I mean, Greg McRae was there, had a nice start, proved to be kind of nothing after that. Uh, uh, Jamal Parker is another guy that you know is was, got his shot, and clearly he's not doing enough. Um, but at the but so I I don't think there is much help coming. I you know, and I think what they're doing is I don't think Janarian Grant is that far off. I think they're more concerned about making sure that they don't bring Janarian Grant back a game early, right? I don't think they, you know, I think that they're looking at Janarian Grant being fully healthy for the stretch run. I mean, depending on where they're at in the standings, but let's just put it this way. If the Bombers were to wrap up the West division in the next couple of weeks or whatever, if they were in that situation, I don't think we'd see much of Janarian Grant. But I do think we see him again, and I think that's what they're banking on. Now, someone might come out and say, well, if he's potential for injury again, then... Why wouldn't they go find backups? Well, again, I don't think people just give – no one's giving you their punt returner. Even if you're out of the playoffs, you can try your best. I mean, unless you're – and you're not going to give up something crazy uh, to get it. You know, to get a great returner necessarily. And I don't know what crazy – the definition of crazy in the CFL is, to be quite honest, because I'd give up a first-rounder if it, if it was a guy who could return the, the ball back to the house, um, especially when you're the Bombers and you're probably going to be picking eighth uh, or ninth. But again, I just don't think that they're out there. So as much as you want to identify, I think you start looking now and identifying guys in your roster. I think there's a couple players, you know, I don't know, maybe an Evan Holm or like a couple other guys in the starting lineup that if push came to shove, they might try to bring in and, and, and have play. But you don't really want one of your starters returning balls. And I don't think you want a bunch of different guys returning balls. So I think the Bombers prefer to have one guy uh, you know, or two guys, depending on whether it's re- punt returns versus kickoff returns, um, handle those duties. But right now, they're just not. You know, to to the point I first made about Michael Che not really being one for trades. He's just as loyal to the people in. It's the big reason why he is that is because he's loyal to the people inside that building and to him. I feel like, and it you know might be a knock against him, but I feel like he's willing to you know exhaust everybody who's a potential option in house before going out, you know, outside. I mean, I look at a guy like Sean Lemon. Sean Lemon's playing some incredible football for Montreal now. Pretty sure the Bombers could have got him for anything, you know what I mean? This guy was asking, probably begging to be on a roster. Um, so I just think that, you know, I to those who are, ho- are hopeful of of help on the way, I think uh, that help is in the form of Janarian Grant and getting healthy.
0: Yeah, and as Alex Howe says, uh, O'Shea doesn't say much about injuries, but on last week's coach's show... He did say we'd see Grant in games again this year, so obviously they've got a little bit of confidence on that. Quickly, on our way out, Philly minus five in Tampa tonight, and it sounds like Joe Burrow's going to play, but certainly not a 100% Joe Burrow. Uh, since he minus three, home to Rams. Uh, either the, Any of those teams getting a bit of your cash? Yeah,
4: Bucks at home. I'm still not convinced with the Eagles. They, they seem to be tripping out of the gates, as they often do. I don't think, I think with... With the Bucks and their and their defense, um, I think they can cover five at home. And I like the Rams on the road. I just, you know, the Bengals are Bengals Thank are messy. You, you know, I you, like Joe Burrow. Even if he, I don't think it's even a win if he plays. You know what I mean? Like it's it's he hasn't played well with his injury, and so yeah, I just I'm not buying into the Bengals just yet. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But uh, Rams Rams on the road and and Bucks at home. If you're willing to uh, if you're looking to lay down your mortgage payment tonight.
0: Our long our long uh, wait is over in the next couple days. Jeff returns to the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press. We will look forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon, my friend. Enjoy the uh, hockey game tonight and the uh, MNF doubleheader. Always a good time, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. And uh, again, to the
4: audience, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking me in. Appreciate it. You guys are what make, uh are make this show. So have a
0: great afternoon. Here's the best buddy. Talk to you soon. There is Jeff Hamilton. You can give him a follow, uh, follow on Twitter at Jeff K. Hamilton. And of course, read what he's cooking up in the pages of the Winnipeg free press. All right. We were going to do our Gabriel Velarde interview first and then bring on Tom Gazzola. But I think, Tom's you know, uh, warming up that rubber arm in the bullpen right now. So we can uh, probably get to Tommy first. Of course, Oilers and Jets last night in Edmonton. Back at it tonight. We'll find out who the heck the uh, Oilers are sending here to Edmonton and get a little uh, talk about both teams coming up. And then we'll do our Gabe Lardy interview. And then I will address Taylor Swift and the Chiefs the Swifties and the Kingdom coming together a little later on in the program. Uh but listen before we bring Tommy in, I've got to give some big thanks to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, proud sponsors of WST. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too, get on down to one of 6 Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca featuring fully a fully shoppable website and online ordering with local same day local delivery if your order is in by 11 a.m and uh, for those of you that have geared up for this period of time where things are changing you're back to school keep your energy up with health first b12 supreme b12 is involved in so many functions of our bodies like metabolizing carbs fats and proteins which are converted into energy health first b12 supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, six Winnipeg locations, and online at myvita.ca. Uh, winter is not just a rumor, folks. It is real, and it will be here. Uh, and while you may have had the experts at Wallace & Wallace work or put up a fence for you over the course of the, uh, of the summer right now, it's time to focus on what they can do for you in your garage and your overhead door. That overhead door had a lot of ups and downs this summer. working hard to get you and your family to and from all that summer fun. But it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts way more stretch on a, a stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today residential and commercial overhead door sales and service there's only one name or two you need to know and that is wallace and wallace speaking of the uh change of season just looking outside beautiful day all the uh trees are looking a variety of different colors you can get a variety of different colors on a beautiful new custom suit at f apparel if you need to up your menswear game heading into the fall, folks, they uh, really do have it all for men. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding this winter, next summer, or in a wedding party, talk to the guys at F about a 15% discount on those suits when you... And all the groomsmen get your uh, get your duds done at F Apparel. Pop by and see them at 190 Smith Street for more information. Or you can uh, get fitted, make an appointment, and find out more online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. Hey, a big shout out to our friends Nick and Nikki for Nick and Nikki DQ locations. And it's like we still got more summer weather for this week. Bring it on. And jump on those summer blizzard flavors. And, of course, don't sleep on those amazing DQ Stack Burgers as well when you pop by DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's, or DQ Niverville. And speaking of Niverville, Nick and you have now opened up the new Pita Pit there as well. Pop by and see them healthy, fast, delicious. Nothing like the Pita Pit. And they also do great catering as well. Hit them up on X at Pita Pit Niverville if you do want more information on their catering options. All right. Back end of a home and home tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. And the man on the Oilers beat for our boys at EST Edmonton Sports Talk, Tommy Gazzola joins us now for, I guess, his first official visit to Winnipeg Sports Talk since uh, EST was born. What's going on, Gaz?
5: What's up, us? I am excited. Uh, EST... You know, comes on the heels of uh, WST, and it's we have a nice like symbiosis that works together. So it's been it's been a hell of a summer, I'll tell you that much. Let's start there, uh, wild times, but not unexpected. And I think uh, the boys and myself have uh, you know found a bit of a groove, and let's see where this bad boy goes. But you guys kind of set the template, and. Uh, we're just kind of trying to do what you guys did, and, and try to see if we could throw some other wrinkles into it. But so far, so good. And yeah, I did insist. I made Dusty put me in the uh, the, the main studio here, and we were like finagling, moving the cameras around. And you can see how how uh, interesting it is. There's the there's the, the wide Duns-
0: look. I mean, like the the new spot is, is amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously with the bigger crew of. Uh, of TSN orphans, we'll call them. Uh, you needed a, needed a little bit better of a slot yes. to go into. But um, listen, congratulations to you. And I mean, everything seems to have been so, uh, and I'm not surprised for a second. I mean, re- I remember when um, the way we were welcomed into the space by so mm. many people that, you know, were such loyal listeners of us and our old home. Um, absolutely no different in Edmonton. So great to see, you know, Dusty and Eric with their program. The hangout's been really neat to check out. I'll often kind of hang out there before getting in and doing the lock shop with Dusty. Uh, But now your main gig, which is of course the Oilers beat has started. Um, What's camp been like? I mean, imagine that the theme around this team that we're going to see here tonight, maybe not necessarily the players that are here tonight is that of very, very high expectations um, yeah. the time the time to you know make that run really seems to be now after a strong season but a disappointing
5: end to the eventual stanley cup champs in the playoffs yeah i, I mean when you hear leon dry settle at the end of last season say stanley cup or bust uh, that kind of resonates with people around here and the juices start to flow after the disappointment And now that uh, this new season is upon us that is what the fans are expecting and it's nice it's a change of pace to have a team that expects to be right in the mix and uh, be at the top of the standings and be a, a team that kind of controls its own destiny and gets back to at least the second round and pushes for a conference final and then a Stanley Cup final uh, is a far cry from the Oilers teams that I started covering 17 years ago Huss when they were you know borderline trying to fight for a playoff spot then ultimately losing in the last few weeks of the season to the beginning of the decade of darkness where the team had no hope in hell from the outset. And that kind of started the year Pat Quinn came in and, you know, it's widely known as the decade of darkness around here. And for good reason, uh, it's, it's night and day compared to how it was. And and so, yeah, this is this camp so far, you know, it's relatively early, but a lot of systems work and there hasn't been a lot of fireworks or anybody surprising anywhere, we're, we're talking about fourth liners and PTO guys and what impact they might be able to make and, and what does this bottom six look like? Who wins out and the, the defense pairings between Philip Broberg and Vinny DeHarnay and what do the goalies look like? And I'm not going to lie to you, none of those storylines are very sexy. And they're a far cry, cry from storylines that we've been. Is dealing McDavid with scoring 60 again? Yeah.
0: Will Dreisaitl go for 50? Um, yes, yes. You know, we know
5: that those are yeses, right? Uh, so we're at the point now we're like, boy, Brandon Sutter. How did he look in game one on his PTO after not playing for a couple of years and what is Adam Ernie? You know, these are the conversations we're having people. Are, what is Adam well, Ernie? I'll
0: tell you what he is, Tom. Yeah. He's a first liner tonight in this lineup <laughs> that the Edmonton he Oilers is. are sending yeah. to Edmonton. Did you see the game? Uh, did you see the game yesterday?
5: Yes, I was there. Good to be back at the, at the rink, but uh, not a lot of high event hockey last night. Right. Yeah.
0: Any thoughts? I mean, was the first look for a lot of jet fans to see Cole Perfetti play center. He had the sweet hockey. Uh, he had the sweet shootout winner. Yep. Um, and, uh, and the other interesting thing from a Jets perspective was that new look third line, Adam Lowry, along with uh, Alex Iafalo. Anything catch your eye from the
5: visitors last night while we've got you on? A couple of nice saves. Delia was making some big yeah, stops. He was and I'm good, like, huh? boy, like that's a great get for your third stringer, basically, unless LB goes down with an injury. Hopefully not. Really good kid. Enjoyed him when he was an oiler as an oil king as well. And I know we're going to see him tonight. But... Uh, there's some feistiness from the jets last night and kind of expected that. And the other thing too, from an Oilers standpoint, they didn't dress a lot of firepower offensively like Nugent Hopkins, Kane and Hyman were the line that was providing uh, a little bit of, of the offensive flair for the Oilers. And, and in the minutes that they did play, they did have their opportunities. You know, Hyman almost scored late in the game, rifled one off the crossbar Nugent Hopkins set up Lane Peterson. Or a, a tap in and great save by Delia, so like it was, it was a typical first preseason game where you're just like, oh yeah, that's right. Like we're talking about AHL guys, some junior guys getting their first dose of uh, NHL preseason action. I fully expect the Winnipeg Jets to, to steamroll this Oilers lineup. Although I know that there's some veterans. I talked to Brad Malone today, who will be on that line with Adam Ernie oh, and yeah. Raphael Lavoie. Who want to have a good showing and and make it a, a tough game for a really skilled Jets lineup, but you know you can you can see the disparity between uh, the groups and and the type of hockey we're going to see. I figure that we're going to be watching the Oilers in their own zone quite a bit tonight, to be honest. Well, with yeah, you.
0: here here's uh, if you're going to the game uh, like I am tonight, here's what you have to look forward to to see in Oilers jerseys. Yes, Brad Malone at C1 with Adam Ernie and Raphael Lavoie on the wings. Second line, Greg McKegg mm-hmm. uh, with Seth Griffith. We are familiar with Seth. Yes. Uh, and Dylan Holloway. Uh, Jaden Grubby with Xavier Borgo. He's like a younger prospect type, isn't he? Borgo, Yeah. Kind of first in the rounder
5: mix? a couple of years ago. Played his first year in the AHL last year. Had some growing pains and... He's got offensive uh, punch for sure, but you know, so far he's been okay. We'll see what he can do with uh, Groob and Stonehouse, but yeah, this lineup uh, as we go through it, not the sexiest either. Finish it off with that th- that fourth line there, Huss, because I know it's going to get a lot of people in Winnipeg really excited. Yeah,
0: Matvey Petrov, Carl Berglund, and Ty Tulio, which essentially is the cup of coffee line, as in here's you're having a cup of coffee and getting into one NHL exhibition game, and then probably on the first trip to either a different group or that AHL group. Yeah. Uh, and then Kulak and CC, Noel Hoffenmeyer and DeHarnay, Vincent DeHarnay, big dude, mm. Max Warner, Cam Denid, And, uh, oh, Calvin Pickard's in
5: there. Is, is he signed in the organization or yep. is he uh, – so he's sort of the, the third goalie right now. He's the third stringer for them. Uh, he's a the guy – last year in training cap, I found it interesting, kind of funny because we joke about Cam – or not Cam Talbot, sorry, uh, Jack Campbell and uh, and Stuart Skinner like being bros, like they're really good friends and uh, they root for one another, and that's very nice to see. They're two of the nicest people you'll ever meet, but Calvin Pickard's kind of part of that, that trio, if you want to call it that, and I saw Pickard hug it out with Stu Skinner after a game post-game last year, and I was like, what's going on here? I've never watched two goalies competing for a spot Uh, hug it out like they're they're bros so it's it's a very it's a very friendly priest at Edmonton you know there's there's harmony there uh so it's interesting so yeah Calvin Pickard's the third goalie on this roster on the depth chart and obviously we'll get a lot of playing time down in Bakersfield but uh, you guys are going to get to to watch him tonight and I'll just point out you know Matt Vey Petrov you're right he's going into his first year of pro hockey a really skilled dynamic forward in major junior came over from Russia. He's a guy that actually a lot of Oilers brass really like, and they're intrigued by, and let's see what he does. He might have some offensive fireworks tonight on that fourth line. I, I mean, it's basically four third lines uh, that the Oilers are rolling out today, but Petrov does have some panache. So I'm curious to see what kind of game he brings to the table and, know whether or not berglin and tulio can support him open up and give him some some looks we shall see i feel like it's going to be an uphill battle but uh, he's a guy that can bring it especially if the owners get a couple of power plays you uh, look to see borgo and him work uh on that power play going to look a little sure. different
0: than the power play we see rolled out during the yeah. regular season i think yeah. everyone will be fine with that uh although if there is ever a time you want to see that power play it's in the preseason yes. not when it uh, not when it really counts um are you, uh, are, have you started your,
5: uh, the pre and posts already uh, at EST? Are you waiting for the regular season to get that going? We're going to do a few preseason games and we're, we're, we had a meeting of the minds last week. We might even do Wednesday's game against the Canucks, but uh, we're trying to figure out like on location, like we did last year with TSN 1260, which I enjoyed. Although in the playoffs hus I saw one of the wildest fights at a bar between Oilers fans, just beating the crap out of each other Savages. to the point where Matt Cassian was like, I, I have to go. I got to take my wife, get her out of here because this is getting ridiculous. And then the best part. So we threw it a break after, and I was like, all right, I know it's game one against the Kings first playoff game of the new se- of the season. And everybody's excited and disappointed that the team lost game one to LA, but for the love of God, Oiler fans do not beat the crap out of each other in public. (laughs) It's just a bad look. And, and so people on, you know, our text line were like, is everything okay? Because we could hear security being yelled out and, and like tables going flying. And I literally watched this. As Matt Cassian is pointing behind me going, oh, my goodness. And I'm on the air trying to talk through what happened in the game, seeing his wife, a lovely wife, Mandy, like eyes wide open. (laughs) And I look behind me, and there's like these tables flying, eight dudes just chucking nuts. And then this one guy runs behind Cass and just cold cocks another dude, totally suckers him. They get up, and they start throwing bombs like a hockey fight. And they go from one end of the bar to the other, and then the best part—the best part—after I was like, "Okay, we're gonna have to throw it a break here." Best part was when the cops got in there; they had all of these guys by the scruff of their necks, like junior high kids being led out uh, and over to the principal's office. It's called and the Bufflin. the, the shame. It's yeah, called the, the buff. Bufflin. That's what you it have. was. Grab so two funny. guys, get them
0: out. Two yeah. more
5: guys, get and, them out. And these guys, you know, blood down their faces, and they're being pushed by cops and. And I was like, this is ridiculous, but at the same time hilarious and I'm glad nobody was seriously hurt but it was just well it, it gets very passionate So yes, the pre and post game show I think returns this week as early as Wednesday and uh, we're just hammering out details I have to I have a satellite studio in my new place huss that I have to literally go and, and find my backdrop for I have to go build it I have to buy it and uh, I've had two and a half months to prepare and let's I've get done you out of the squat. town
0: Tommy let's get you out of the I town know. as they say. Saturday night special Jets Oilers October 21st or 22nd whatever that day is I'll be coming to see you I'll look You're forward in. to uh yeah I've, I've already I've committed to you I can't wait to do some pre-game chat about a game that really does mean something but in yes. the meantime we'll settle for a little preseason action tonight and a Monday night football doubleheader. Tom Gazzola, great to have you on the program. Best of luck to everything
5: with the fellows over at Edmonton Sports Talk. And uh, let's do this again soon. Us, always a pleasure, buddy, and looking forward to having you. And we'll have everything sorted out uh, here on the EST, the Oil Stream pre- and post-game show, as we've dubbed it. But it's been exciting, and uh, you guys keep uh, kicking butt, and we're going to try to match you and, and do the same thing out here.
0: Love it. Love it, man. Say hi to the fellas. Great to have you on. There's Tommy Gazzola from Edmonton Sports Talk. Jets and Oilers tonight. Uh, And yeah, no McDavid, no Dreisaitl, no Nuge, no Nurse, no Bouchard, (laughs) not many of the Oilers stars. Uh, But from a Jets standpoint, we will be seeing the Jets top line of Shifley, Kyle Connor, and newcomer Gabriel Velarde. And we're going to hear from Gallardi in uh, in just one minute. Um, but, hey, we had a great segment with Bom- with um, Hammer on the upcoming Bomber game. In addition to a bunch of Jets talk, of course, Friday night, <laughs> IG Field. Find a ticket if you haven't been able to yet because it's sold out again. And, of course, Princess Auto presents all of our Bomber content on the program as proud sponsors of both the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Princess Auto's where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them online at princessauto.com or in-store today, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, and they'll help you make it work. Um... Shout out to our friends over at Consolidated Supply, still working hard as we get closer into the winter, is the irrigation specialist in Manitoba for irrigation systems and, of course, artificial turf, both indoor and outdoor as well. Um, all sorts of golf carts and really unique club car vehicles Is there the club car dealer in Manitoba and other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens, not to mention, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repairs. So much consolidated supply can do for you and your business. Pop by and see them at their showroom. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. Well, game number one tonight. Uh, first chance to see Gabriel Velarde wearing the colors of the home team. Number 13. I think we'll see uh, the number 15 of Rasmus Kapari as well. And the uh, Alex, I follow number nine debuted last night thinking about a new jersey for the upcoming year. We'll get on down to Royal Sports, thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, all the jerseys, and they'll do it up pro stitch just as you want it. Uh, And also while you're there, make sure to get your blue on for Friday night's game with a phenomenal selection of bombers and CFL merchandise as well. All 32 NFL teams represented at Royal Sports and with hockey season officially here. Royal Sports is the undisputed hockey superstore serving Winnipeg for over 40 years. Get on down today to Royal Sports 750 Pemina Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, Monday Night Football's back. And this is a great night to get to Boston Pizza. Now I was at BP Taylor. For the first Monday nighter, I went and met some friends at BP St. Anne's for last week's Monday nighter. Tonight, I'll probably be uh, doing a little pre and post at Boston Pizza City Place because I am going to the hockey game, but also quite interested in this Monday night doubleheader. So two NFL games, Jets exhibition game. That's the night that you really need to be at BP so you can watch it all at the same time. Pop by your local Boston pizza for Monday night football. Chance to win great prizes. And of course, ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings and gourmet pizzas. And the latest from the Boston pizza feature menu. And hey, if you're staying in tonight, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. uh, We were going to do this a little earlier, but Tommy was here. So we figured we'd get right to it for tonight's game. But had a chance to post-practice on Saturday at FanFest, get a little bit of Gabriel Velarde's time. Velarde, of course, playing with Shifley and Connor tonight in his preseason debut. Uh, We touched on being here to Winnipeg, what he's seen so far, the new team, the new line, and more. Here is Gabriel Velarde in a conversation I had with him on Saturday right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pleasure to welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk for the first time, newest Jet, Gabriel Yeah, uh, Gabe, uh, welcome to Winnipeg and a welcome
6: to the show. How are you? All good. Thank you for having me. How have the uh, first couple of days of training camp been? Everything's been good so far. It's gone by uh, pretty fast, hard skates, and ready to, to play soon. You um, uh, we knew you were here actually uh, quite a bit earlier
0: than uh, a, a lot of folks. I guess uh, a lot of real-life things to get done when you get traded in the offseason. Uh, how has your time been in Winnipeg before... Uh, Kind of officially got to work this week?
6: Yeah, uh, it's been good so far. Like you said, just kind of off the ice stuff that I had to handle. So coming in early and trying to get things done, and uh, for the most part, I've done all that. So You, uh, Actually, it's probably, we were talking on the show, was probably a great thing you
0: got here a little early because we actually did have some gorgeous weather for a few weeks. Uh, But I think it's a bit of a bad rap, and in the winter, it's legit. Um, But um, have you enjoyed, you got out in the city very much and uh, uh, seen some things and get settled, obviously? Yeah,
6: I've been around a bit. I got my girlfriend here, so we've been able to venture out. Um, But you said the weather has been very good until uh, the last couple of days here so um, yeah city's been great um, we're settled in our, uh, our new little townhouse and we uh like I said, everything's been uh, good so far. Time to get to work, of course. Um, um, tell us about
0: um, conversations with Coach Rick Bonus. Uh, you, know, you know, Bones always fired up. He's got a lot of energy. Um, did you talk to him much during the off-season, uh, after you were traded, before you got to Winnipeg? And uh, what's it been like dealing with a coach since you've been here?
6: Uh, not too much conversation throughout the summer. Uh, just a few phone calls and say, hey, how you doing? And uh, that sort of thing. Um, since I've been here, more just systems, I think. Um, less kind of one-on-one and we're just hey like if you're doing this wrong you need to be on this spot because coming from a different team there are different uh, obviously systems and things that they do uh, do here that I'm not used to so uh, yeah just trying to learn all that you know just from uh, uh, you know hockey
0: question I mean you mentioned the systems how different is what Rick has planned for the Winnipeg Jets as opposed to uh, what you did back in LA with the Kings
6: um, well, I mean, it's, it's just an uh, adjustment. I mean, every coach has his own kind of philosophies and systems he likes to run. Um, for me, I mean, I got drafted L.A. I was there since I was 19, and I've always played the same thing. I always had the same coach, so... Um, it's kind of all I've ever known, so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. But hopefully, I can adapt as quickly as I can, and hopefully, produce and help the team win. Right out of the gate, um, uh,
0: Bones has you on uh, what is projected to be the top line with Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor. Have you enjoyed
6: skating with uh, with those two so far uh, during the first sessions? Yeah, so far so good. Um, it's an opportunity for me, and that's something I haven't really uh, had in my whole career. I mean, to play with guys like that. Um, they're both so uh, unique, and they're both so quick. It's a little different than my style, um, so I got to adjust and figure out how I can uh, help them uh, produce as well as uh, be ready to, to score. Cause they draw a lot of guys to them, and, and they'll find you. So
0: you um uh, are interested in what you remembered of Kyle and Mark from playing against those uh, guys
6: for the last few years as uh, as a king? Um, uh, not much in terms of like memory playing against him to be honest I can tell you from the past two weeks just skating with KC I mean I've never seen I think he's the best offensive player I've seen just practicing with him he's just so quick he's so twitchy out there you never know what he's going to do with the puck and it's pretty cool as like a, a player and a hockey fan to kind of to watch and see how he moves out there and then Shaif, I was uh, fortunate enough to kind of be in the same agency and know some of his uh, closer people, and I've kind of learned a lot of off-the-ice stuff from him. He's a very, uh, very smart guy, very smart with the body, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to learn and kind of hang out with him a bit here and pick up some of his things. Certainly a lot of offensive potential for that line. And, uh, I mean, for you, I mean, you just sort of mentioned
0: that wasn't a chance that you really had before in L.A. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of change when you get traded, but, I mean, it has to be a real positive of seeing where the coaching staff sees you fitting into this lineup and uh, an opportunity to uh, get some pretty significant um,
6: offensive potential out of the line right out of the gate. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's uh, it's an opportunity, and I gotta I gotta produce at the end of the day. I mean. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm very fortunate. I'm happy that I'm here. Winnipeg obviously wanted me; they traded for me, and uh, it's it's a great great now, opportunity. You, I mean, obviously we're just
0: focusing on the uh, the line that you're on, but um, got a big group right now. But I think it's pretty clear that the majority of the NHL team. Uh, um, what do you think about the the group overall now that you've been out with them for some sessions and uh, you know your uh, I guess combination of excitement level, but also expectations of what you and this team might be capable of this year when we get going on the uh,
6: 11th of october i mean for me personally i have very high expectations i think this team is a cup contender to be honest with you i, I mean you take out dubois you add me uh, ai and raz i think that's really the only changes they have um, and i thought last year they were one of the better teams to be honest before those guys Scheif and Jamo went down in the playoffs that they were going to beat vegas um, so yeah i'm coming in here i just want to help produce, score goals, help defensively, whatever it is. I just want to help the team win, and like I said, I do think uh, this room is very skilled, and and we got a good good club. A little bit different for you being a
0: new player, but as a veteran, uh, do you like the training camp period of time, Um, or is it uh, a little tedious and you just can't wait to next week playing games and obviously
6: for the real thing uh, in the beginning of October to play for real? no I mean it's alright you need it for, for conditioning and for me personally I, I live in Kingston it's a small town and I skate on my own all summer so skates like these are good where um, I skate with a bunch of guys because I, I didn't skate with, with anybody all summer so um, it's good for me personally and I uh, I think the last three days have been very, very hard, and I'm ready to get some preseason games. I think that's more more valuable to get in a few of those and get the, the game lungs in because it's a little bit different for sure. You
0: mentioned those skates before. I mean, you were here quite early. You were one of the first guys that were part of those skates. Uh, how uh, how much did that help you, not maybe necessarily from a hockey standpoint, but just get familiarized with the organization, the team, and uh, most importantly, your teammates before the uh, official first day of camp.
6: Yeah, I think you said that. just more for just getting to know the guys and uh, getting to know the facilities and getting all the equipment guys and the coaches that were here and and all that. It's less on the ice and more just kind of getting familiar and comfortable around here.
0: Um, Gabe gets going this week. Um, can't wait to see the team on the ice the preseason and uh, most importantly uh, when things get going with that home opener on the 14th. Uh, good luck with everything. Thanks very much for yeah, your time and you. enjoy the rest of camp. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys all right appreciate gabe's time on uh, on saturday to uh have a little chat looking forward to seeing him uh, wear that number 13 tonight along with mark shifley and kyle connor in exhibition action and by the way the the uh the star <laughs> of that interview had to be what do we call those remus mike flashes
1: yes that was the, the wst
0: identity on the microphone
1: Yes, I think it's the term is I'm using all this new term, mic flash. Yes, it's mic, the little te- flag there that says WST. That was, you know, the first time we ever used it in a stand up interview. Connor held it in the Shifley scrum, but that was the, you know, that was, we would never really done that. Gone into the room, in, done an interview in the dressing room. Uh, showed out to the Jets uh, who set that up, Scott and Gregor. That was awesome. Um, so hopefully we can do more of that stuff. Uh, Gabe, very, very nice uh, with his time there. Didn't have the lock button on the camera. The microphones worked. It was, it was yeah, the lock
0: button on the camera was the start of the show today. That yeah, I don't the, know what uh, happened at the start <laughs> of the show. I don't know
1: we were a bit delayed. Uh, you know, I had to move my setup from there, the iceplex to here, key for all Center. So, hey, that was great. Uh, nice of Gabe. Looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, in the Jets. The Jets jersey and big opportunity with Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Nicole in chat saying, love the comments about Kyle Connor. I agree. That stood out to me how impressed he was with uh, Connor's skill.
0: Yeah, well, uh, let's go. We'll see what's going on tonight. I'm going to be at the game. And uh, and speaking of the game, hey, shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug and the Jets for signing uh, a free agent that I think will be very popular to beer drinkers at the, uh, at the rink this year because Little Brown Jug is now an official partner of the Winnipeg Jets and is available at the new Craft Beer Corners in the arena. Now, just looking at this press release, um, talking about the $13 million in renovations that people will see for the first time when they get to games this year, Craft Beer Corner is located in the north main concourse so i imagine that is basically the old moxies area been redone uh and then also outside of section 310 uh, and little brown jug will be featured there as part of three local breweries that are now pouring at the rink along with trans canada and kilter so uh all the uh, LBJ fans of uh, the Winnipeg Jets will be able to get their 1919s, hopefully generic too. My fingers are crossed for that uh, when we get to the game tonight and throughout the year. I believe tonight it's going to be cans, uh, but by the uh, start of the regular season, I believe we're going to be able to get those uh, great beers on tap as well. Um, all good news. And again, North Main Concourse. And uh, if you're in the Upper Bowl, Section three ten. So for those of you that are with us, or uh, you know, for the the games for the Winnipeg Sports Talk Pack in three sixteen and three ten, uh, it'll be a pretty easy rip just across the south end of the concourse to the other air to the uh, other corner bar, which is where the craft beer corner is going to be for everyone that wants to get their uh, want to get their little brown jugs, and uh, lots of other things going on right now. The Play Now Lounge premium experience. And uh, the the Ticketmaster, I guess the old Budweiser King Club, which is now re- rebranded under uh, uh, Ticketmaster, is going to look great. I and here's here's important uh, information as well for fans. Remo, new food and beverage. We just talked about the uh, well some of the beverage options, but new concession concepts include Burrito 204, featuring burritos, gourmet nachos, and sweet treat churros. Hot or not chicken, where you can make your chicken fingers and sandwiches. Hot or not, with a side of house-made kettle chips. Seasoned to perfection with executive chef Richard Duncan's signature True North Spice Blend. And YWG Burger, which will introduce an all-new burger menu that includes the famous Salisbury House nip. What? To the home of the Winnipeg Jets? This is incredible news. In addition, the YWG Burger signature burger will be the social burger, bringing the taste of a classic late-night Manitoba social buffet to every bite. We've got some work to do on food reviews, Remus. Yes. Um, and then on top of it all, the new Crown Royal Whiskey Hanger on the 300 level pays homage to Gimli, Manitoba. Um, so that's that is all new. So bottom line, new food, new drinks – and uh, three great local beers, including our fave Little Brown Jug, now in the concourse. So uh, check that out. And uh, all the information on this is available at the, uh, at WinnipegJets.com. I am definitely fired up that uh, Sal's has a little piece in on this. Uh, you know, even with all the great selections that we have at the ballpark, you know, the barbecue, pierogies, the um, butter chicken. Um, there's just, I mean, the NIP is so damn good. Um, it's hard not to get one when something's around and, uh, I'll probably make my usual Tuesday visit tomorrow as well. Be thinking about that. Although maybe check it out tonight. Um, we, in addition to our, our regular duties following the Jets Remus, we need to be the go-to guys on, uh, food and Bev when it comes to the arena. So we're, uh, we're going to have to get down there and do some reviews very soon.
1: Yeah. This was the big news today from the Jets announcing 13 million in, Canada Life Center renovations, expanded food and beverage you mentioned, uh, the beers and the food, the burger. There's this, what, Burrito 204. I'm a big burrito guy. Going to have to uh, gonna have to try that, huh? So I think one thing, you know, Scott Billig mentioned this actually um, last season, just talking about the experience at Canada Life Center. And it said to me where he's like, look, if you went to Canada Life Center you would not know that it's in Winnipeg other than, you know, some jet stuff doesn't feel like doesn't have any local options. And it seems like True North has listening, uh, you know, to the fans here by adding local beer options, a, a craft beer corner that features Little Brown Jug and uh, and some others. And then the food with uh, I mean, there's nothing more Winnipeg uh, than a sales nip. And uh, uh, well, burrito 204, that, it's got 204 in the name. So that sounds local enough.
0: Yeah, and YWG Burger as well. YW, w- yes,
1: that's the airport code uh, for Winnipeg, YWG. So, um, Look, we'll we'll go. We'll check uh, some of the stuff out. And I need to see this Ticketmaster because, you know, when they took out the Moxies, and I was at a uh, Eagles concert last year. It was the first time I saw it. I'm like, oh, they just took out the Moxies. They just removed the wall. This is what it's going to be now, just like a, a, mo- a Moxies. But no, they actually uh, renovated the whole area. So we'll have to go. Uh, check that out. Well,
0: and if you're in a if you're in a P1 or a club seat, um get down and check out what they did with the old exchange lounge. Oh. I mean, it is it is wild. Um I mean, it looks well, it looks brand spanking new, which is exactly what it is. Um and again, I when I was in there it wasn't even entirely finished. So, um can't wait to see uh, the finished product right now, but uh, hey, the product that we're most looking forward to is uh, what's going to be on the ice tonight, including our first look at Rasmus Kapari and Gabe Vellardi in Winnipeg Jet jerseys. Um, listen, we, we've got to talk NFL, and there are some major topics that need to be addressed. But before we do that, let's get to our cool bet lines. Very fun lock shop today with myself and Dustin Nielsen. Um, check that out before the game if you haven't uh, haven't seen it. Um, And, oh, it looks like we got a little bit of steam coming in on the Eagles. Not that a move from five to five and a half really matters at all. Um, Current line right now on the early Monday nighter, Eagles minus five and a half. Bucks plus five and a half. Total is 44 for the game. And there will be no confirmation on Joe Burrow playing or not until the next little while. But it does seem like they believe that he will play. Uh, the Bengals are right now three-point favorites at home to the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, I would suggest that if Joe Burrow was not playing in that game, uh, it would be closer to a pick or maybe even the Rams would be favored right now. That game gets going at 7-15, Eagles-Bucks at 6-15. Just out of curiosity, oh, do we have any preseason? Oh, we do have... Odds on the Jets Oilers tonight, Reem. Hey, it's it's pretty degen here, but it is, it is. Uh, Again, I don't suggest spending much time betting on the preseason. But hey, if you're going, you want to sprinkle. Jets are a big favorite, minus two seventy eight. And Jets in
1: regulation, minus one forty nine, isn't even bad.
0: Uh oh, you're right. That's not that's that for
1: regular. You see that lineup Edmonton has
0: exactly. It'll be a disappointment. I was looking to see if we could maybe get some, you know, Jets by two or Jets by three, uh, but that's not up there right now. Not uh, not the normal options. But yes, Jets and regulation minus one forty nine. If you want to jump on that over at uh, over at Coolbet, um, so we've got those two Monday mm. nighters. Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and uh, probably Joe Burrow going up against Matt Stafford. Uh, you can get over to Coolbet if you haven't used the, you haven't played there yet. Use the promo code WST for a one hundred percent bonus on your first deposit, up to two hundred bucks, with our friends over at Coolbet. And don't forget Monday to Friday, right before Winnipeg Sports Talk, the Lock Shop is live at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel with myself and our pal Dustin Nielsen um all right it's about that time we've talked about all the important local stories but Remus it's time to get to the uh weekend in the National Football League and what a weekend it was some uh, historic performances on the field and some historic performances or historic guests in the suites um Overall, just before we get to the obvious Chiefs angle with Taylor Swift, what did you think about the games? Um, did you have da- did did you lose your Survivor yeah, Pool first and I foremost? I did
1: I did. F- well, I think in mine there's only it's not many people, so you get two two strikes in my survivor pool that I'm in with some friends. So I did have Dallas, F Dallas, should have taken KC. should have taken San Francisco. Um congrats, Arizona, but like that's a big Big upset. I saw Jeff Cabela came in and said, wrote go cards and then wrote bye. So, hey, Jeff, if you're going to watch the replay. But yeah, I mean, that was what a disappointment for Dallas. Uh, you know, they lose Trayvon Diggs. He gets hurt. That's a big loss on the defense. And they can't contain Josh Dobbs. Is that is that the, the quarterback? unstoppable Josh Dobbs? Like, come on. Horrible. So, that was bad. Although, the game of the week was. Um, was the Vikings-Chargers game. I watched. That was the one I was focused on. Absolutely
0: bananas. And Vikes fans know what it's like to be on the other side of these games because they were, what, 11-0 and last last year in one-score games. I mean, when they win, they did it by the nick of their teeth. And when they lost, they got absolutely smashed. Well, yesterday, I mean, it's basically been the story of this season. The Vikes, with a break here or there, could be 3-0 and right now. They're 0-3, but man, the last two minutes of that game with Brandon Staley going for it on fourth and one from their own 24 and not getting it, and then the Vikings having the opportunity to go in and score the winning touchdown, screwing the clock, and then, of course, um, busting up the clock, and then having the bobbled interception end it. Uh, it, Honestly, it was a perfect way for that game to end between two teams that seem to be doing their best to have the other team win it.
1: Yeah. That game we knew was going to be uh really good for fantasy. A lot of points in the, that one. I think the over was something was like 54 or something in the, the chargers Vikings game. And uh, the first quarter was pretty slow, but you know, the fireworks went off in the second half and I actually didn't mind the call by Brandon Staley going for it on fourth and one. Me there, neither. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as bad, not even close to the uh, Josh McDaniels call on Sunday night football, but it's like, if it's fourth and one has like your defense hasn't stopped them at all. If you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win the game. And worst play call,
0: worst play call, Josh committing to committing to going for it. You need half a yard and you win the game. I can get behind that even with the stakes at what they were if you don't get it. But my God, that play that they ran was so bad. Um, like We were talking about a lock shop. Justin Herbert, 6'5", 250 or something like that. You can't, you can't just get a couple dudes behind him like the Eagles do and get half a yard?
1: Yes. Josh Kelly had been terrible all
0: game has. I think he was averaging,
1: I guess if you're averaging like two yards a carry, I mean, you should be able to get... Sorry, average of 1.1 yards per carry, yes, 11 rushes per 12 yards. And you, that's who you're handing off to. And I had Josh Kelly in a lot of fantasy, and he broke my heart for the second week in a row. Really huge disappointment. But yeah, it was, I don't understand what they thing, thinking, but they figured, hey, if this guy can't get one yard for us, like, what are we doing here? So I didn't mind that. But then the Vikings, they had two chances, two drives in the red zone. And it was, you know, there were a couple turnovers. I know Madison, what he fumbled uh, again. Oh. Um, wasn't I mean they've kind of given the game away they, a couple weeks here for the Vikings, so I mean huge disappointing loss here zero and three, and just that was a wild finish. So I, I mean and I had no problem with going for it. I mean it's unconventional, you know. The safe play would would be to pump, but you d- didn't trust the defense. I mean Kirk Cousins threw for three sixty seven yards, half and a Justin, yard to
0: win, half a yeah. yard to win. Period. Everything light. Yeah. Turn the lights out. See you later. You can, Run yeah. the yeah. clock. Victory I always formation. Say,
1: if you can't get one damn yard, you know, in fourth and one, you don't deserve to win. And well, they almost get, well, the, thankfully for them, the defense uh, were able to stop the Vikings.
0: Yeah. Um, now, I'm seeing in chat, there's a lot of talk about Miami? another game yesterday. Exactly. Uh, Donnie Boy says, well, the 50 points is the 50 burger. What is when you put up 70? on someone that's that might be a trip to the buffet i mean that one of the most embarrassing losses in nfl history and sean payton was not in a good mood afterwards um everyone thought that remember he was talking all that shit about nathaniel hackett earlier this year i'm pretty sure hackett was two and one to start the season last year even though he got canned before the end of the season but, my God, that, listen, the Dolphins are a wagon. I think we can all agree on that. But, I mean, at a certain point, like, they were trying, I guess. Like, they had to run plays. And the Broncos just seemingly refused to make tackles. Um, monster games for Raheem Mostert and a Shane. Tua looked like Mahomes at times with a couple no-look uh, pitch passes and whatnot. But 70 points. And what would have been, I mean, as a Chiefs guy who... Always likes misery in Broncos nation. I personally was hoping that Mike McDaniel would have twisted the knife a little further and gone for that field goal right at the end of the game, which would have made it an NFL record, 73 points in a game. But he called off the dogs. He said he he wouldn't have liked the, the message that that sent. Um, they were fine with putting up 70 points on the Denver Broncos. And I don't know where Denver goes from here. I mean, you can't really blame Russ. They gave up 70 points. He's not on defense, but at the same time, um, you know, it's almost in blow it up territory right now, and that's a terrible position for them to be in, considering what they had to give up to get Russell Wilson, the financial commitment to him. Um, it, just an absolute disaster right now in Denver, and the Miami Dolphins look like, um, well, put it this way, that offense is right up there with the best offenses we've seen in recent NFL history um how good is that Chiefs Dolphins game going to be in Frankfurt Germany at the beginning of November Wow, they're actually sending a
1: good two good teams to Europe for it a should game. have
0: been the, it should have been Chiefs and Bears the this game we saw yesterday should have been the one in Frankfurt if they wanted to have Ty, like Tyreek Hill's return to Arrowhead like that would have been great we don't get that uh, now this, well no it's happening in Frankfurt are are you gonna go? We were talking about that. I was I was looking I was looking into it. I was looking into it. I'm not gonna go. Try. I have some friends that are going. It would be I've never been to Europe, um, so it would be a pretty awesome uh, <laughs> be a pretty awesome experience. But we're gonna be busy right here with Jets season at that point. Uh, bombers in the playoffs. It's kind of a tough time to get away, but that would be a, a good reason to do it. There it is, seventy to twenty. And how about this, Reem? Just to give you an idea about how bad the Bears are, and we'll get to the Bears in a moment. The Broncos have actually opened as road favorites at Chicago next week, despite coming off a 50 point loss. Wow. Wow. Um,
1: is that, like, that's crazy to, have, to think. So, uh, big day for the Dolphins there. I mean, they didn't even have Jalen Waddell, uh, who was out with <laughs> concussion.
0: Jerk. (laughs) Me and Hus playing Madden. Yeah, You did light me up a few times. That's true. That's true. Uh, Maybe not quite the 50-burger difference, but it it could be. Um, Yeah, many friends in for a road trip out to Germany. Exactly. Big Steins, a little Oktoberfest action, and uh, Dolphins Chiefs. The crazy thing about that is that game, I mean, the way things are looking right now, I mean, the Chiefs are certainly going to be right up there, but the Dolphins absolutely are going to be there as well. And, I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, I could see a scenario that that game determines where the AFC Championship game is. And if you think about how good Miami looks right now, Reem, I think the one thing that anybody else in the AFC would love to prevent is an AFC Championship game being in nice, sunny Florida in January as opposed to somewhere like potentially very cold Arrowhead. Not sure that the Dolphins can work um, their offense the same way if it's minus 10 or minus 15, the way they're doing right now. But anyways, we'll talk about that later on. The big story yesterday when it comes to the Chiefs was not the shellacking that they gave the Chicago Bears, um, but Taylor Swift showing up in the Kelsey box, sitting with Travis Kelsey's mom yesterday. and, And... I try not to be prone to hyperbole ream, but that was that literally nearly broke the internet. I mean, there was in the middle of an NFL Sunday, that was a story that was far, far beyond the reaches of our normal threads of our normal circles. And, um, And in a way, thank God it was that game. And it's a perfect game to, you know, bring your new girlfriend to, one that you're pretty much guaranteed to romp all over the other team. You can get your touchdown, and then you can just chill in the uh, third and fourth quarter on the sidelines and and look up and flirt or whatever. Uh, The Taylor Swift experience is real. It came to Arrowhead yesterday, and... Whether you're a Swifty, whether you are an NFL fan, whether you are someone that just has no interest in any of it, I bet you heard of it within 30 minutes of her being shown on Fox.
1: This is the biggest story in sports right now. There's no question. In between getting <laughs> alerts on my fantasy team's hustler, I'm getting pinged from various apps, show to the score app and the athletic app telling me that Taylor Swift is in attendance, and we joked last week about it when he sco- Kelsey scored a touchdown, and Ian Eagle made the call finding a blank space in the end zone. And <laughs> this week, she's at the game. Um, and I agree, it's a perfect game for her to be at where they score like 40 points. I mean, it's not even close, uh, with the Bears, so they can just show her on TV, uh, the whole time. Uh, Everyone's talking about it. Every single show I see, uh, what? pardon my take, Pat McAfee, uh, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless is tweeting about it. And then you have the crossover. I'm almost convinced, Huss, that this is like a marketing ploy between the NFL scriptwriters and Hollywood to bring these two together. It's just the marketing potential just seems um, so like so vast but they did announce like she's not even doing the Super Bowl halftime show it's Usher they announced on the weekend but this was she this was no. the top I mean they she's asked her plans
0: she's going to be in the suite watching her guy mm-hmm. win another Lombardi she can't be preoccupied with a performance at halftime priorities that's, man that that you know that's
1: that is absolutely it's going to be hard for her to focus on the halftime performance when she's in the box uh watching Travis Kelsey
0: not to mention I mean what about the NFC champs I mean you have to see the biggest star in the world coming out in red and white wearing an 87 jersey performing all her hits I mean you kind of need a little bit more of a neutral neutral act at the Super Bowl and Usher Usher got complete like no one even knows that that happened like they announced that Usher was doing the Super Bowl and then Like half an hour later, rumors about Taylor Swift going to Arrowhead were out. It was completely forgotten. And then basically everything went crazy when they showed that shot of her sitting with (laughs) Kelsey's mom yesterday. And I guarantee you, you could ask anyone. It was the most underwhelming, even though how great Usher is, and I always got millions and millions of fans. No one was talking about it. I don't think anyone even knows that that has happened. They might need to re-announce it because it got sucked under the tidal wave. Of uh, Taylor Swift news at Arrowhead.
1: Yeah, I didn't get it. It was the, big, it was the biggest story uh, of the day yesterday. Like, no one really cares about Miami scoring seventy. Or, I mean, I mean, they're asking Patrick Mahomes has, after the game if he was nervous on the Fox broadcast if he was nervous because Taylor Swift was at the game. I mean, the, and if, I mean, if you are not aware, like she's the biggest, the biggest star, selling out stadiums. I mean, her movie. Just did some crazy uh, box office numbers as well the movie of the concert, and some serious well, well, crossover real there and-
0: real talk about her and i it, was, it would have been a hilarious conversation if you could have heard our chat around the table at the bar yesterday watching these games and all the all the Taylor Swift chat but is she the big she's undoubtedly the biggest star in the world right now, and i don't even think it's close yes but is she like, where does she rank amongst all time stars? I mean, I think I could make an argument that we're like, I mean, she's incredibly prolific. Like I don't have it in front of me, but the amount of albums that she's had, how much she mm-hmm. sold at a time where people don't really buy music like they used to before. I mean, she's in a whole nother stratosphere. And when you look at the tour that she just came off, no one has ever done anything like this before stadiums for four and five days in a row literally everywhere she goes and even with the amount of uh of dates and seats it's still been unprecedented ticket demand for every single one of these shows so i mean there are they're big star i mean like giselle one of the biggest supermodels ever like to me taylor's in a whole nother stratosphere than even she is so i mean it's hard to even compare to be honest when it comes to celebrity couples the thing that ticks me off about the swifties though and actually i'll say this at the start swifties from chief's kingdom welcome come on board you're very lucky that your girl chose a guy from the best team in the league the defending champs a very likable guy with the the true Alpha in the league Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback so much like everything else that Taylor Swift has done she's very smart you guys are coming in to a very very great uh, a very great group however it has been noted to me online that there is a section of the Swift fan base that is that doesn't like this that doesn't approve of this as if like somehow Travis Kelsey arguably the best tight end of all time, two time Super Bowl champion, host of Saturday Night Live, is still not somewhat on the level of Taylor Swift. Well, I'm here to tell you, I mean, as far as star power, no one's on the level of her. But I do think that, I think there's a fear on a lot of Swift fans that what if she actually just becomes happy and is not writing all these breakup stories that have been the anthems for millions and millions of women or people for that matter around the world. Like, what will a happy and content Taylor Swift do to her output? That's a legitimate concern. But I'm here to tell you that the Chiefs' kingdom and the Swifties together could be the most unstoppable force in the universe. So everyone should just get on board, appreciate the Travis Kelsey, by all accounts. Very good dude. And uh, the bottom line was they looked very, very happy with everything that happened yesterday. I do have one fear though. And again, this is, I come from, you know, from the chief's kingdom, not a very, a very, uh, a small amount of me. I've gotten more into Taylor Swift in the past year, just because it's been impossible to avoid it and realize, oh yeah, she's got some good songs. I understand why she's so popular, I guess. However, the one fear that I do have is that what if this is a long play by Taylor Swift, to get to the real king, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if Taylor Swift was thinking about, okay, who would be like she can have anyone? Everybody wants to get a piece of her. What about what about Patrick Mahomes? Arguably the best quarterback ever to do it. I know he's still got more championships to win, but we've all seen what he's done so far: Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. Nicest guy around, proving himself to be a family guy already, and staying by Brittany, who most people agree is pretty freaking annoying, especially if you saw her during that quarterback show. What if this is a long play? Utilizing Kelsey to get in there, to become friends with the Mahomeses, and then eventually, when things sort of cool off with Travis, all of a sudden have that connection with Patrick Mahomes, and break up the Chiefs' kingdom and this Super Bowl potential dynasty from the inside. It's only about a 2 to 5% thought in my brain. Other than that, I'm very, very positive about all of this. But um, if Mahomes gets involved in this, and this does anything to Mahomes, then I'm doing a 180, and it will keep me up at night. Because Taylor Swift is the one person maybe powerful enough to pull something like this off.
1: <laughs> you. I think that may be a bit of a a reach but maybe a bit of a reach sure. maybe maybe, maybe but uh, we'll have to see how this plays out what they did leave they did leave the what the there's a video of them leaving the arena together or the stadium in a convertible uh, we're all over this here this is the number this is the number one story in sports not the dolphins putting up 70 not no, Patrick no. Mahomes performance but Travis Kelsey, and there is a local tie into this because Bombers QB Zach Clarris, we all know, was college roommates with Travis Kelsey. So types. please, so we're gonna have to go and ask it ourselves. If Taylor Allen isn't going to, if Jeff isn't, going, or Darren, someone ask Zach Clarris for his thoughts Can we get on comments? former college roommate uh, Travis Kelsey, his <laughs> rumored relationship. I guess it's not a rumor; they're out in public. I mean, they've made it official. But Belichick, yeah,
0: is a Swifty. And he was asked after the game uh, about Kelsey having Taylor Swift at the game, and he goes, "Well, Travis has made a lot of lot of great catches over the course, a lot of big catches over his career, but this is definitely his greatest catch." So <laughs> shout out to <laughs> shout out to Belichick for getting behind it. Andy Reid had some fun with it. He claimed that he set them up, that he and Taylor were tight, and he was the one that did it. Um, but anyways, the uh, like if you if you're someone that has any pop culture in your feeds or in your um, you know in your social media or in your usual stops online, and are an NFL or a sports fan as well, buckle up because I mean this is just getting going right now. Uh, Yeah, there it is. There's the Belichick. I would say that Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. (laughs) This would be the
1: biggest. Should I just play that clip? That was a good impression. Where's the clip Oh, yeah, if he has
0: it, I'd love to hear it.
1: A lot. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, Cal, just play it right now.
5: Where do you fall on that?
4: (laughs) Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL. Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. (laughs) This would be the biggest.
0: That was
1: a good impression.
0: Oh, man. Belichick getting into it as well. So as long as this isn't a long play to infiltrate Chief Kingdom and get to Mahomes, I'm all for it right now. They look very happy. Um, And and the one thing is, and I've seen, like I'm trying to get in on the Swifty side of things and kind of infiltrate their areas and see what they're saying. And the one thing, and I think this is true, I mean, listen, he likes the spotlight. He's always been a guy that's done things for attention. No thing better than help his team win and be as productive as he's been before. But things like their show, their podcast, obviously the hosting Saturday Night Live. I think Kelsey, and I think a lot of her fans who gatekeep her like nothing else on planet Earth, I think they're sort of warming up to the idea that Kelsey is a guy that can actually that appreciates that Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift, if you know what I'm saying. Because from what I can tell, she's been going out with a bunch of brooding dork musicians and things like that in the past, and it's never really worked out. So maybe this is the this is the day that the Swifties will always remember where, uh, oh, and he's already on the Who Dated Who sites and everything like that, wearing that Super Bowl patch. It's just, uh, it, it is going to get out of control. It was out of control yesterday. But to be honest, they sort of played into it too. That purple convertible to leave, as Portnoy said, is like right out of Greece. And then there's a TMZ story right now with pictures from the game alleging that Taylor Swift basically got into a metal box, something like right out of a David Copperfield skit with a bag of popcorn on top of it. And that's how they got her out of the suite into the downstairs area where... She met Travis afterwards, and then they walked out together to that purple convertible. So, listen, I didn't think I'd be talking about Taylor Swift very much. I don't think I'd ever even talked about her period until the last uh, three, four months. But obviously, there was all the hysteria about her shows and the Canadian shows, and everyone wanted to get it on. But now, this is like this is right in my in my space. So Worlds we have to colliding. talk about it. I am supporting it. I'm, I, you know, like this is the, this is the handshake between the kingdom and the Swifties. Let's support this. Let's have it be a positive thing. And uh, hey, let's face it, everything Taylor touches turns to gold. So I think this could be, as Eddie said, or by Eddie said yesterday, having Travis Kelsey, or sorry, having Taylor Swift there supporting the Chiefs while they're playing the Bears almost seems unfair. Some somebody step in at NFL commish. So we'll, uh, we will see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything to add. Although TMZ did po- – they did uh, reach out to someone on the theory that she left in this popcorn yep. thing. A source with direct knowledge says she did not sneak out of the sneak of the suite. She walked out with Kelsey's family and their entourage. So – if I mean, I, but why would you reveal a... that? Why would you <laughs> reveal that? I mean, you I... can't can't give this up. So I, I I like that theory that she was in that. But here they here's the picture of her in the box with his mom. There they are leaving behind. <laughs>
0: oh, and by the way, what the other the funniest part about the game? And I did tweet this beforehand. I'm like, the minute I saw this had happened, it was about ten minutes before the game. I went. And I bet the Chiefs alternate line. I bet Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. I bet Kelsey to get a touch. I literally everything I could get on. I got on on this game because, as I said, the Bears already suck. But now they had a reason to really play because sometimes the Chiefs sleepwalk through these games against garbage teams and don't even cover the spread. So that was a that was good advice to myself for doing. Um, But honestly, that added up. And and here's the thing. That game was 34-0 at halftime. Kelsey didn't have a touchdown yet. So, of course, Mahomes threw it to his boy early in the third quarter. Kelsey catches the touchdown. Of course, they shoot to the suite. Taylor Swift does the let's effing go, goes all crazy, to make it 41-0. I think we do need to have a word with Taylor a little bit on sportsmanship. Um, I know it was an exciting time, and I know he got the touchdown for him, but, I mean, at 41-0, we need to be a little bit calmer when it comes to walking on the graves of the Morbund Chicago Bears who were the victim yesterday.
1: Yeah, and I think people in chat have almost – I don't know if some people are having as much fun with this <laughs> – as we well, that's are, that's why it's
0: three twenty-three. That's why I promised to save this until the end of yeah, the program. Sa- You're- we got to save to the end. This is this is where we have fun. Although it probably should have been the first half hour of the program, uh, look, to we- be honest. What I said this to you before, or maybe I didn't. I was thinking about this social experiment of YouTube. Like I know, what does our show say today? It says Winnipeg Jets preseason game versus Edmonton Oilers yeah. tonight. Win yesterday. Training camp continues. How would our views and numbers be different if instead it just said? Hustler addresses Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey um, relationship, all that. Like we might have, we might have gotten another fifty thousand views just from Taylor Swift fans that are desperately mm. trying to find out more on this.
1: Chiefs fan weighs in on Kelsey versus or Kelsey Swift relationship with a thumbnail <laughs> exactly. of you in a Chiefs jersey and a picture of Kelsey on one side and Taylor Swift on the other uh click through rate through the window so many views i think we're just gonna have to be a kelsey swift uh youtube channel now sorry jess my only
0: my only concern is this could be a long play infiltration of the kingdom to get to mahomes Mm -hmm. but i certainly hope not we do have two games tonight though Mm -hmm. um and i'm looking forward to them i think like jeff i think i'm gonna ride with some with the dogs and see what uh see what my guy baker can do tonight against the igles I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested. I in want to see uh,
1: the Rams here versus, uh, was it Rams Bengals? I think I'm more into that game. Uh, we'll see. I guess it's nice to have two, uh, two hustler. There was one other topic, though, that we didn't uh, get. I know we love training camp lines today, Hus. I've never seen so much tweeting about training camp scrimmages. Did you see Connor Bedard's debut in a training camp scrimmage, Hus? Do you want to see? His first ever uh, training camp scrimmage goal, Connor Bedard.
0: Couldn't care less, but I'm here for it. Taylor Hall, Connor
1: Bedard. Watch out for these two together this year, Huss. Uh, oh, there's Bedard, 98. He's going through the middle, puts it under that guy's stick. Goes to Taylor Hall, and Bedard, far side, on the tape, <laughs> and in. Always wanted to do highlights uh, like that, Huss.
0: Oh, here we are. Red practice jerseys, white here. practice jerseys, a little training camp scrimmage.
1: Look at this move. Oh, that's smooth. That was, that was I, it nice.
0: looked like he was passing it, but he didn't. He just kind of put it under the guy's stick and then said, thank you very much. Let's keep going. He did this little,
1: This look, he looks like he's going to pass, but he does this little like backhand. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I don't know what the projections are for him, like 70 points this year.
0: Well, you know what? Just before we get out, because we do need to get this podcast up, but let's see right now. Player points Connor Bedard. What's the prop uh, for him? 72.5. Okay, so I said
1: 70. Yeah, I said like projections are around there. So 72.5. I mean, for a rookie, goals, that's probably
0: about 30, 31 and a half for the goals. I bet he get, I bet he goes over on both as long as he as long yeah, as he's healthy. yeah well, I
1: think it's it, the health is the is a concern I mean for any of these season long bets, like where we were all over the ealers overs, and like guy we've,
0: well he got hurt right off the bat he got hurt off the bat And he's hurt
1: I mean seventeen minutes, okay, although we did have an Ealers update actually, we didn't even talk about that. you want to hear the update here yes, and a Coley Barlow update. we can go back on track. I forgot about these uh okay so they asked mike bagtire asked rick bonus about uh cuts when are those coming because they got a pretty big group and uh colby barlow who had the flu but friday after signing the contract stills out and nikolai Ehlers. so here's rick bonus we'll get to some here uh, we need to cleanse the taylor swift tmz talk and go back to jets before we wrap
3: you anticipate making some cuts as early as tomorrow just to get the groups maybe a little smaller
2: yeah that's um that's coming <laughs> Don't get too far ahead of me now. <laughs> so
6: Barlow, uh, oh Barlow, he's still sick. Just, just yeah, he's fit. still
2: yeah, he's having a tough he's time. Yeah, yeah, he's very congested. So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, but he's still not feeling very well. I haven't
6: I mean, seen his healers
2: out there right now. Nick skating yeah, today. Skating yeah, he them. won't. He, on Wednesday, uh, he'll skate with the big groups. We are hoping to have him in these games. Obviously, that's not going to happen. We'll have to give him a couple of days, get his legs back underneath him.
0: All right, so uh, there you have it. Uh, Ehlers coming back, thank God. And Colby Barlow, I mean, listen, I don't, well, I guess we can always worst, speculate on what guys are ever. have. Do they have, well, no, I mean, I'm thinking more like COVID. I mean, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, I know uh, for the wrestling fans out there, LA Knight was advertised on Friday. He couldn't go because of COVID. They actually were giving some uh, refunds on that. Um, and I'll tell you what, Bones sounded a little under the weather. I don't know whether he's just been yelling so much that uh, the voice is gone, and that's what happens at training camp, or he's a bit under the weather. But, I mean, there is something going around, as there often is. Hopefully Colby Barlow gets uh, well soon, and um, can't get Nick Ehlers back out there soon enough to play along with uh, with his team. Yeah, so we'll wait and see on that.
1: And, yeah, you're saying, I mean, he said hopefully he does uh... – Feel better soon. We can see him on the ice. Tonight's game on TSN. Last night's game yep. on Winnipegjets, uh, .com. uh Did you get in on that Oilers 50 50 they kept advertising in between the commercials? <laughs> I tried, but I'm not in Alberta. So uh, I couldn't get in on it. But I did see uh, what I saw the Iron Maidens coming to Edmonton. I'm pretty, man, they get some good concerts there. They're getting Iron Maiden. Didn't you say that GNR is coming there like just an impromptu yeah.
0: show? Like they just announced it and it's like next month?
1: Yeah, they get Iron Maiden on Saturday and Guns N' Roses like they just announced it last week that they're coming in October. So uh, Edmonton getting the good shows. Like, are you shows.
0: sure it's October of 2023 yes. or
1: October of 2024? No, it's next. They literally announced like, last week. You hey, told me that
0: who? Yeah. Since when do concerts get announced a month before they happen?
1: I don't know, but I was I was bummed that we didn't get it here when we have, you know, I know like Kiss is coming and they just announced Journey 50th anniversary show here, us. So, uh, <laughs> but that was the feed. I watched it and you know, I tried to watch it on the NHL app, it wouldn't load on my Fire Stick. I don't know if that's because it moved over to Rogers Sportsnet Premium or what, but I had it on a tablet and on. I had to type it on the browser on my on my Fire Stick to pull it up. <laughs> I did enjoy having Paul and Mitch uh, on the call, but tonight's game actually on TSN and Right, let me just double check. There might be another game game on the uh, that's streaming only, and that's kind of how it is. Preseason, I saw some complaints online, but they usually have a couple streaming only yeah. preseason. It's preseason, like
0: yeah. I'm not uh, gonna. Anyways, the game's on tonight on TSN. And T, Will, you're right. What does this have to do with Taylor Swift? That's a great question. Great. I mean, it doesn't question. have anything to do it, but you know, we we're getting bullied here to go back to other uh, to other other topics. Um, but, yeah, a couple other things. Oh, and the one other thing tonight, and listen, last night was not, you know, a Picasso, whatever. It was just another early preseason game. But at least it went better for the Jets than the Canucks game went for them. Did you catch that, Reem, last night?
1: Yes, Calgary had this miserable year last 10-0. year. 10-0! Didn't make the playoffs, and first game of the preseason, 10-7. You know what Rick Toggett said after the game? He said, I feel like Sean Payton right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sean Payton getting it from all sides.
6: Oh, at least it. for the
1: Canucks is a preseason game. So it's funny when we looked at the lines and I looked at the rosters, I'm like, well, do we put on bet on the Jets to score 10 tonight against Edmonton or the over seven, whatever? So um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that was a rough one for Vancouver.
0: Hey, I just seen, uh, oh, there's our girl Bailey who popped in. It was great seeing you uh, Saturday, and Rio. It was great seeing you. Nice meeting your parents. Well, I guess we met your mom. Nice meeting your dad, Bailey. And uh, Mary Jane's there. It was great to see you as well and everyone that, uh, that came on with us. Um, we, um, well, yeah, we should get out so we can get this up. And again, for those of you that are, you know, still salivating for more Swifties slash Chiefs talk, Um, I may have to start a whole new show, which will completely eclipse anything Winnipeg Sports Talk has done in views, probably within being on for five minutes, just because of the power of the Swifties. Stay tuned for that. Um, But tonight, we will be focusing on the Jets. Uh, I'm going to be down at the game. If you see me, say hi. Anyone that's heading out there, get a chance to see the new rink, getting some tips on that. Are you coming tonight? To, you the, to the game? No, it's a Jewish holiday uh,
1: tonight, uh, Yom Kippur. So I will oh. not be—I will not be in attendance, but uh, hope to make
0: it out uh, later on this preseason. Okay, Wednesday. N- next game is Wednesday, okay. and I believe that's the uh, season ticket holder oh. uh, appreciation. Game. Okay, so people in chat
1: are saying WST has now changed to Winnipeg Swift Talk. Perfect. I mean, it's
0: well, the easiest. as listen. That e- doesn't give enough respect to Travis Kelsey, who. <laughs> is the reason for all this. See, now we're all of a sudden forgetting about Travis. He had a touchdown yesterday, finished with 69 receiving yards, Mm -hmm. and then took the biggest star in the world out in a convertible from Arrowhead. You can't make this stuff up.
1: I just saw on Twitter that the Bombers did a new Handled Internally podcast and Darren, Cameron, and Ed as Zach Caleros about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift
0: excellent excellent we're gonna need we're gonna have uh, to get that
1: audio for by uh, the way
0: that is the best named podcast in sports oh here the winnipeg blue bombers handled internally shout out to mike kelly for one of the most ridiculous press conferences in coaching history Uh, but that is a nod to uh, some of the dark days around here Um, but they're doing a lot of things internally ed darren best around yeah,
1: so I'll grab the audio from that. I gotta gonna have to listen. So they put that out on the Bombers podcast.
0: So. Waiters, Hustle will be wearing the Travis Kelsey outfit tomorrow. No, 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 no. I'm bringing people together. I'm gonna be wearing a T Swift shirt tomorrow, for uh, for the show. Just to let the Swifties know that I'm I'm real about making this union between the Chiefs Kingdom and the Swifties real, for the benefit for the benefit of everyone. Uh, all right, geez, we're past 3.30. we got to get this sucker up. Folks, fun. Had some good laughs in the last half hour talking about all this other stuff. Monday night doubleheader tonight. Jets at 7. We will break it all down tomorrow for you and get ready for uh, the latest from training camp. And, of course, Jets and Flames on Wednesday night as the preseason continues. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks to uh, everyone that joined us. Hit that subscribe button. If you haven't, we're less than 100 away from 10,000. Hit the thumbs up as well, if you wouldn't mind. We're just about at 200. Let's get to two for sure. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow, 1 p.m. Don't be afraid to pop into EST at noon and uh, in the lock shop at 1 o'clock for the latest on tonight's game, Jet Training Camp. Bombers and Argos coming up on Friday and a full recap of the weekend in the NFL after the Monday Nighters go tonight. Thanks for being with us, everyone. We will catch you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home!
2: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.